believe. Tell me the truth. Is it uh, true that your dad has a ringside seat, but didn't get you guys ringside seats? That is true, but it's because of his YouTube channel, okay? It's his YouTube, okay? Her dad's an influencer. Let him go, guys. Hey guys, check this out. I am officially now sponsored by Dubby. Dubby is a clean energy drink made to give you focus with no crash. If you guys are like me, you're always needing a burst of energy, especially with one with no crash. Dubby contains vitamins, amino acids, a nootropic, and 150 milligrams of caffeine. It keeps me awake with no jitters, guys. Check it out. Merch link is in the bio. Dubby. Are you ready? Power. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! What we've got here is failure to communicate. I'm building an alliance. God bless the internet. Okay, let's party. It's showtime. It's time for the Alliance Guys Podcast with your hosts Kevin Frazier, Jaden, DKM, and Jay Cal. Just want to take a minute here to acknowledge the passing of a wrestling legend, part of the Pafo dynasty. Of course, uh, it, it, the news broke today, Leaping Lanny Pafo, the genius, passed away today on this date, February 2nd, 2023. Um, I'm not really good at these things, DK, and I know that you are very familiar with one Leaping Lanny, the genius, if you will. Tell us a little bit about Lanny Poffo. I feel sad that most people know him as the genius, which was kind of as his brother skyrocketed to the top, Randy Savage, he was you know, brought in, had a job, worked the undercard, uh, never got any major victories, never held any major titles in WWF. And they didn't, they showed some of his talent, but never showed what he was capable of. Truly like people who saw him you know, in his dad's outlaw promotion or in other promotions that may have worked during the indie days. And so it's, or not in the day, indie, uh, territory days. Territory. 
where, you know, he did main event a lot. He and Randy Savage even wrestled for their dad's title. It was promotion, which he won from, from Randy. And, uh, you know, he was a top talent who's going to be remembered as a guy who recited poems. And it's, it's a shame. But, you know, condolences to him, his family. Uh, we wish them, we wish them all the best as they grieve during this time. Yeah, I mean, life is fragile. You know, tell the ones that you love that you love them on a daily basis uh, because we never know when that light goes out. And, uh, you know, it, it, every year we, we lose somebody in the world of wrestling. Every, like, every couple months, uh, someone we grew up with goes away. And sometimes much younger, sometimes much older, but still, like, uh, death is undefeated. And uh, we're, we're all going to go sometime. And the sad thing is he wasn't that old. He was like 68, I think. Yeah. Well, yes, relatively speaking, he was younger than some of the people we've seen. Of course, you know, <laughs> excuse me. Of course, we just lost Jay Briscoe um, a couple weeks ago. And, you know, he was only 40 years old. Yeah. So. But, you know, that was a tragic accident. I'm, I haven't heard yet anything on Lanny what the actual cause was or yeah and and it's just uh again at 68 years of age is still relatively young and uh, i hope i have a lot more than 68 years to my life but i do know like he did have a you know he did have he had a life you know uh uh I'm, I'm glad he got to experience life, but, you know, we all would like to have more than 68 years, I think. So it, it, it's a tragedy at any at any age, really. But, uh, yeah, that, that's that's how it goes. And his uh, death is actually announced by publicly by Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh. As I understand, the two of them were pretty close, at least here in these last several years. So I don't know if it went all the way back to their time in WWE. Hmm. Well, or, um, before, or even before, even I mean, I, I really don't know how long they've known each other. Yeah, you know, we we've experienced our fair shares of uh, people passing away who've who've been on this podcast. I mean, uh, Matt Bourne comes to mind, uh, Lance Cade comes to mind. Um, it it, it it's kind of weird when you've actually spoken to these people. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I didn't know Lanny Poffo. And um, he didn't know me from anyone else. So, I, I mean, there, I don't feel connected to him. And unfortunately, his, you know, it's still a tragedy this passing. But, you know, when somebody like uh, Lance Cade, who was on, on our podcast four months before he passed away, or Matt Bourne, who was on our podcast for just a, you know, a few months before he passed away, it just really hits home on, the, on those situations, those instances. But, you know. Anyway, uh, we didn't prepare a tribute show for Landing Poffo, but uh, we do, like like uh, DCAM says, we send our condolences to family, friends, fans around the world. Uh, you know, may you rest in peace. As uh, uh, Terry points out, too, the original Wednesday Adams just passed away. Yeah. Also, I know there's a new 
hit Netflix show. I have not watched it yet. I've been planning to, just haven't gotten to it. And, uh, you know, when you, start, when you start reaching my age, you know, a lot of the people who you grew up watching or listening play music, uh, I mean, think about it. There were three mega music stars of the 80s, Michael Jackson, Prince, and Madonna, and two of them were dead. And, uh, you know. Also, what I'll point out, too, we also lost Cindy Williams of Laverne and Shirley. So both of them have passed. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, like I said, when you get this, say, I mean, I remember being younger and hearing so-and-so died and so-and-so died and you just kind of like barely knew their name, but you knew that they were somebody at some point, but now it's just like, yeah, I remember, I remember when Laverne and Shirley spun off from Happy Days. <laughs> do you yeah. ever do, you ever do the milk and Pepsi? No, because I didn't want to throw up all over the place. <laughs> But at least I know the reference. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just, just uh, you know, it's something we suffer through as we grow older. You know, we, we start hearing all these people we used to watch, all these people we used to listen to. You know, all these famous people and not so famous people. I mean, I've had a couple of people around here that have passed not long ago that, you know, don't mean anything to any of you, but I knew them. And Jeremy says, uh, Shamil Shamazel, Hassan's Veffer Incorporated. Yep. Willie, Willie points out uh, Gina Lolo Brigida, and I'm sorry, I don't know who that is. Do you know who that is? You know, only in the sense that the name sounds familiar. Uh, Italian actress. Okay. Well, uh, you know, wrestling is supposed to be fun. Wrestling is supposed to be jovial. So we're going to try to transition from this, uh, from very sad news uh, to, to more fun topics of wrestling. Of course, DKM, Oops. my friend, I'm going to go to Mexico City. Well, I hope you come back with all your organs. <laughs> Gee, thanks, pal. Uh, yeah, the, uh, that, that's a good wish, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. Thank you. <laughs> um, on March the 4th, Todo y Todo, NWA, Contra, Triple Lucha Libre, Poroso, Ciudad de Mexico. My Spanish ain't getting, my Spanish is improving because I've been using Duolingo and that's not a paid sponsor spot. That's, that's a legit, I've been practicing my spanish uh not necessarily because i was going to mexico but uh sure why not right and yeah, uh, i did that once for a while so i know that by now you probably learn how learn how to say where is the hotel or something like that no i've i've known how to say donde está la or el hotel donde está el hospital <laughs> yo quiero cerveza por favor dos donde está el baño yeah i know it all bro i know it i'm good all right. What is no? Please don't take my organs. I don't know. You you need to learn that. <laughs> uh, 
you don't have my my uh, approval to remove my organs. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it's part of the um, the AAA versus uh, NWA. The world is a bit. Billy Corgan. It took him what five years to think, come to this conclusion. Wait, wait, wait. They bought it in 2017. It took him six years to finally come to the conclusion that hey, if I put on a rock and roll show people will show up. And if I put wrestling on during that rock and roll show, then I'll force people to watch my product. So uh, it only took him six years to, to pull the trigger on this, but I think this is a, a great, great move for Billy Corgan and his National Wrestling Alliance. I, I, I've been a proponent for this for quite some time, uh, doing the, a joint effort in Mexico City. You know, I know that um, having spoken to uh, Mecca Wolf offline, or I guess it was online, but it was off uh, off camera. He had said that he was trying to get Billy to do a show uh, in Tijuana at the Auditorium de Tijuana, and uh, that didn't happen. It may happen down the road. Who knows? But uh, that's the same place where MLW does some of its tapings. AAA does tapings there. So does uh, The Crash. Lucha Libre does Crash uh, there. Let me try that again. The Crash does their Lucha Libre at that same auditorium. So I kind of thought, especially because you had uh Bastia and Mecha Wolf as your tag team champions, that they could have finagled some sort of deal to do the show in the, uh, in Tijuana. But I mean, Mexico city is kind of like in the heart. Well, literally legitimately is in the heart of Mexico. And they're going to be putting on this event during a rock concert. It's called the world is a vampire festival. It'll be featuring of course, Billy Corgan, smashing pumpkins, um, and a few other acts as well. I'm not even going to see any of the concert. That's how uh, neurotic I am about pro wrestling. I'm going just to see the NWA in Mexico, uh, in Mexico City. I think that's a pretty cool deal. Uh, it was just announced earlier this week that uh, they will be doing this same similar festival in Australia uh, with much better uh, artists already. I'd much rather go see Jane's Addiction than Interpol. Uh, but they'll be doing a NWA versus the DK. I think you looked this up. Is it like the World Australian something or other? <laughs> what is this? Do you have, are you familiar with this brand? W A O A. You know, and I just saw it earlier today. Like if you if you do a Google search of W A. OA, all you get are links to Smashing Pumpkins and uh, the uh, the show that they're going to be doing in Australia. Like, it, as far as I know, it doesn't have a standalone presence. If it does, it's not a very large one. No, and so it it is something to the effect of you know World Australian Wrestling Organization. And I mean, I don't I don't remember all the letters, and I don't remember the order, but I did see it earlier earlier today and it was still something i'd never heard of so and, and and the thing about it is there's a couple of good australian wrestling promotions hell our buddy pole jump is running out in australia could have used him he would have i'm sure i'm sure he would have loved to partner with billy corgan out there in australia Right now, I'm looking. Uh, I'm literally typing this. I probably should have done this before the show, but I put list of Australian wrestling promotions. The first one that comes up, 
Australian Wrestling Federation, Explosive Pro Wrestling. Explosive Pro was the company that used to work with Dave Marquez. Uh, that was technically the first NWA Australia uh, in the David Marquez era. And then there was um, there was another promotion later that would become the uh, NWA affiliate. Then there's International Wrestling Australia, Melbourne City uh, Wrestling, Impact Pro Wrestling Australia. Um, unless at least we forget, um, you know, the, the World Wrestling Series or World Series of Wrestling, excuse me, that does those uh, co-promotions with a lot of the a Wrestling of Alliance of Australia. The Wrestling Alliance of Australia. Doesn't come up as some of the top uh, top promotions in Australia, that's for sure. Yeah, well, maybe it's one he created. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? What if he just made this promotion? He's like, eh. Australian Wrestling Alliance. Nope, that's not it either. Where's Pole Jump when you need him? Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if I would have been... If I was given a little bit more notice, I could have gotten tickets to go to that event and, and met Pole Jump and had him be the ambassador for the Alliance blog there in uh, in the land down under. But uh, nevertheless, I, I I think it's cool because, like I said, it took him six years to figure this out. But you're putting your show, you're you're putting it in a place where fans might not have seen it before. And I know not every Smashing Pumpkins fan is a wrestling fan, and not every wrestling fan is a Smashing Pumpkins fan, but you might be able to convert a few people. People don't know this, but there's a lot of Billy Corgan fans that literally come to the NWA events because they love Billy Corgan. And outside of that, you are hooking them up with wrestling fans because yeah. that's why you're doing this, you know, triple A. And hopefully yeah. they're hopefully uh Wrestling Alliance of Australia has its own set of fans that you know it can bring. So, you know, it's it's not like you're solely depending on uh, solely depending on uh, uh, Smashing Pumpkin fans to get interested in wrestling. Yeah, and I think uh, I, and I see it in the in the comments. Like I'm I'm looking at some of the comments right now. Uh, uh, Willie uh, James H. Jackson says uh, WWE eat your heart out. The NWA is traveling worldwide. We taken over. And I, I, that might be tongue-in-cheek, but, I mean, the whole point of having a world's heavyweight champion is having this champion that literally defends that title around the world. I don't know that you're going to get Tyrus on a plane for 12 hours to go to Australia. Hell, I don't know that you're going to get Tyrus on a plane four hours down to Mexico City. Both of those things would be, I think, awesome for the NWA. Uh, but who knows? I mean, maybe even Matt Cardona, these matches don't take place till March. Um, but uh, the the thing about it is, is... Um, whatever they end up doing having that nwa on a greater uh pronounced global spectrum i think is good for the nwa e even if they don't attract a ton of new fans in mexico or a ton of new fans in australia at the very least those experiences and that uh the footage that they'll be taking from those events could definitely be used to create some sort of pay-per-view or some extra content or even like a a power trip if you will in mexico city or in uh, Australia, in the cities that it's supposed to be in Australia. I, I think this is a win any way you look at it. What do you think, TK? Yeah, and the biggest thing it's going to give you is exposure on the wrestling news sites. I mean, let's be honest, outside of the occasional, you know, 
pay-per-view or controversy. You know, nobody really keeps up with NWA on on some of the top news sites outside of posting results of somebody they know happened to have gone. You know, and so I think this is something that, you know, will get people talking. Hey, look, they're they're going to be on us. They're going to be in Mexico City. They're going to be in Australia. There are rumors, I guess, if for people who have Patreon, that they're going to go to England and seems like somewhere else also. Well, and, and just to uh, kind of reaffirm that, right, besides the Alliance blog, who was talking about it at alliance-wrestling.com, you've got Fightful talking about it. You know, uh, Denise Salcedo, who I know isn't exactly the, the spokesperson for Fightful, declared the NWA dead or on a, on a, or dying and saying that it would be out of business by the end of the year. I mean, now they're Fightful is talking about the NWA. Uh, a, a lot of, uh, you know, um, finance, uh, Yahoo Finance is talking about the NWA. Uh, there's a lot of like music websites that are talking about the NWA. Uh, and this is something that you probably wouldn't have gotten six months ago um, about the NWA, uh, you know, just going on a regular tour. But the fact that they're adding it with Smashing Pumpkins, I think it was really going to add a little extra spice, if you will, to the publicity. And like you said, getting more eyeballs on the product, which they desperately need. That they do. Um, so Dave Scooby said, who would be the new NWA spokesperson for Vegemite? When they head to Australia, Willie Bowen said Tom Latimer and Dak Draper. I don't know why we're not why not Tyrus. Go Tyrus. <laughs> Jeremy says Tyrus in Mexico could probably get him in trouble with Fox News. I, I don't think Fox News inherently dislikes Mexico. I don't think they like illegal immigrants, and that's we'll move on. Uh, Terry McDermott says, I like Billy personality-wise, but not a fan of his music or his wrestling booking. What is there to like about his personality, Terry? Uh, I was uh, I was telling my wife about, uh, I was having trouble getting my tickets for Mexico for the uh, that World is a Vampire. You got to buy them through Ticketmaster. And uh, on the website, it clearly indicates that you need to pick up your tickets with uh, 48 hours before the event. And I'm like, well, that's difficult because I'm flying in on the Friday before the event, which is not 48 hours. So I kind of got panicked on what I was going to do. And it turns out uh, for a couple extra bucks, you could print the tickets at home. So that's what I'll be doing. But uh, she's like, well, don't you know anybody in the NWA who can help you? And I'm like, yeah, let me just call Billy Corgan up and see what he can do for me. <laughs> uh, that that wasn't going to happen, but um, yeah. So I again, um, stay tuned to this very station for more uh, information. I I will uh, I won't be able to bring my camera. They're not allowing you to take your camera inside the festival grounds, but uh, I will have my phone. I will capture some video when I can, some photos when I can, and uh, you know, DK. It just so happens that CMLL. Former member of the NWA, CMLL, uh, does a weekly taping Friday nights in Mexico City and Sunday nights. So uh, your boy Jay's going to get some Lucha Libre while he's there in Mexico City. Speaking of CMLLLLMCL uh, attendance, 
uh, the former NWA World Welterweight Championship. Now, the NWA World Historic Welterweight or Historic World. I don't remember where the Historic World uh, Championship was recently won by a former NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion. The, what was it, Black Tiger 4? Was that? Was yes. That he was. Well, the weird thing about that, and, and this is uh, if we jump in the way back machine, Rocky Romero won the title, and I think he won it. I don't. It wasn't from Jarrell uh, Jarrell Clark, um, but he originally won the title and then changed his gimmick before going to uh, Japan, uh, so that he could um, compete against the uh, latest incarnation of Tiger Mask. Who uh, definitely was known as Tiger Mask Four. They they uh, called Rocky Romero Black Tiger Mask. To no, just Black Tiger. There's no mask. I'm sorry, Black Tiger, who was the he was the fourth incarnation of that character as well. There actually is a Black Tiger mask, but it's a it's a parody gimmick. So, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he he let, let me. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, he won the title uh, by defeating. Oh, it doesn't say. Interesting. Oh, uh, Jason Rumble. He's he defeated Jason Rumble to win that title. Kind of scary. That was a long, long time ago. We're talking like 2005. In the galaxy far, far away. And it never, you know. And the funny thing is, is they don't. Uh, if you go to like cage match, they don't list that match. So it just all of a sudden, Jason Rumble defeats Captain Charisma in May of 2005 to retain the title. And then uh, Rocky Romero's first defense as uh, world champion was October of 2005. And, it, and he briefly unified the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title with the NWA World Junior Heavyweight title. Yeah. And then he would lose the, lose the title to Tiger Mask for... Yes. And that reign was a very long reign. Tiger Mask would, uh, Tiger Mask Four would end up holding that title for quite some time, uh, basically from February of 2006 to November. Excuse me, from May of 2007, so well over a year. And it became a very inactive title. Um, in fact, uh, the last time it was defended in Japan under Tiger Mask was uh, March of 2007. And then they were booked a couple of dates uh, after that where he would defend in uh, Milwaukee against Jason Dukes. He would later defend against Loki, who everyone thought Loki was going to win that title. Uh, he won the uh, he won the title. Uh, excuse me. He defended the title in uh, Illinois, Streamwood, Illinois, before finally Mike Quackenbush won that title in Portage, Indiana. And then talk about somebody who held the title for a long period of inactivity. <laughs> All right. So here's a trivia question that you, uh, you feel free to use this at uh, the next party you go to. Mike Quackenbush, who defended that title against Sauronaro, who defended that title against uh, Cassandro and Lince Dorado, and uh, he defended it against uh, El Pantera and Ricky Vega and... Uh, and uh, who else did he, he defended against Black Tiger and and uh, 
He defended against uh, NWA Anarchy's Chad Farum. But one challenger he defended that title against was in Las Vegas, Nevada, where, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And they decided, excuse me, that actually, I take that back, that wasn't in Vegas. It was in Newark, New Jersey, of all places. Uh, they sanctioned a title match, a junior heavyweight title match between Mike Quackenbush and your current Ring of Honor world champion, Claudio Castagnoli. What? Yeah. As Claudio wasn't a junior heavyweight in high school. What? What's going on there? That was like when uh, uh, Jack Briscoe went to uh, Japan. They took uh, Ken Mantell with him, who was also the junior heavyweight champion. And on a night that Baba was defending the NWA world title against Jack Briscoe. He lost it. But he defended the title once against Briscoe beforehand. And Kim Intel was on the undercard where he defended the junior heavyweight title against Jumbo Shruta. Another man who probably wasn't a junior heavyweight in middle school. <laughs> middle school age uh he was much thinner back then I sure mean, you know he was a young small thinner guy but i mean at that time the weight limit for junior heavyweight was like 205 and if, he wasn't 205 and and, and Shruta was you know probably easily 220 to 230 so you know but, you know, as long as they don't win. But, yeah, I guess you're kind of setting yourself up for a no-win situation because if Claudio, let's say Claudio wins the match, you can't continue to defend the title when you're a heavyweight as a junior heavyweight. That just doesn't work. I mean, you'd have to radically either realign that title and call it an open weight championship or – yeah, or I, I don't know. I, I don't know what you would have done. All right. Well, quite a lot, <laughs> I guess. I mean, look, yeah, they allow title defenses like that because they know the one with Kim Antel, I think, uh, uh, was a double count out or something like that. It was a draw one way or the other, but I think it was a double count out. And, uh, you know, they allow title defense like that because they know the title's not going to change hands. Yeah. And so, I mean, look, uh, uh, Chris Ron Ronquello, Tony Brooklyn, who was promoting Lone Star Wrestling at one time, put his junior heavyweight title on Ray Rowe. And, you know, Ray Rowe was probably two, <laughs> 240. If, if if he dropped weight to make junior heavyweight, like they claimed. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my guy here, Joe Kimbrough, who's going to be fighting this Saturday at the WFC 146. They, uh, they've officially uh, changed the weight class or kept. They first announced this fight at one at 145. You know, speaking of weight classes. 
Uh, they did bump it up to 165, so he will be wrestling at 165. Talk to him today. Uh, he's got to drop two pounds before Saturday. He's not worried about it, not at all. Uh, but he's tired. But he's looking for that. Looking forward to the fight. So for you guys out there, uh, send some positive juju. Uh, my boy Jim uh, Joe Kimbrough's way uh, as he does some Muay Thai kickboxing at the uh, Soboba Casino. I'll be there. That's you know the. The alliance, the alliance bug actually sponsored uh, Joe in that fight. So uh, that's I mean, a pretty big, uh, pretty big weight jump there. Yeah, he well he he walks around about one fifty, and I don't know why they uh, he he decided to jump to one sixty five. Originally, the fight was supposed to be Muay Thai kickboxing. Then they changed it to uh, it was going to be full on MMA, and then they moved it back to kickboxing. So. You know the the WFC is not the UFC, obviously, and and the rules and things could change on a whim. Uh, but uh, wishing my boy Joe nothing but the best. If you guys uh, uh you know, believe in that positive uh, mindset, uh, you know, put some positive mindset on my guy Joe. We'll see what we can do. Now. <laughs> Mike says, so we got to talk about that non-bullshit that was supposed to happen wedding? No. No, we're not. We're to avoid it. <laughs> I, I'm looking at, we're 33 minutes in, and I'm trying to figure out what we could talk about next so we could avoid talking about that. Um, yeah. Uh, United Wrestling Network, February the 7th. That'll be Tuesday. Live in Irvine, the United Wrestling Network world champion, Danny Limelight, will be taking on Clark Connors of you guys might remember him from New Japan Strong and New Japan Pro Wrestling, and that match is you know it's going to be a barn burner. We saw Clark Connors and Danny Limelight have a series of really solid matches uh, during the pandemic during the uh, shutdown. Uh, they had a they had a really good match in Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Clark Connors won. They had a, a rematch in uh, Prime Time Live that I do believe Danny Limelight won. Uh, it's going to be a great matchup, win, lose, or draw, but. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. The whole the whole Cal family is going to go. Not Cal family, but Cal family. We're all going to go. Uh, even my oldest is going to be there. My and my youngest is going to be there, and, and my wife is going to be there, and and I'll be taking photos. So uh, make sure you are stay. You gonna, are you going to get them front row seats this time, uh, cheap dude? Or are you going to put them back in general admission? Uh, the uh, no, we're not. I'm not going to buy. No, I'm not going to buy front row seats for them. But the Irvine Improv, there is no bad seat. They're all good seats oh. at the Irvine Improv. Oh, okay, I see. <laughs> you know where I, I, I Whatever lie you have to tell your wife to keep from getting slapped. All right, anything. <laughs> you know where, where I sit, or, or I don't even sit at those shows. I'm literally standing by the cameraman, and I'm holding my camera. And half the time, I'm going between their legs to get shots. It, I'm sure I look like the most creepiest bastard on the planet because I'm like, oh, let me get a shot over there, you know. It's or I'll or I'll stand over by the announcers and I'll be like leaning over them and breathing on their necks and and I'm sure that's a lot of fun. Kenny J passed away. Man, quit bringing up death. Who's Kenny J? I don't know who Kenny J is. Uh, wrestler from like the fifties and sixties. Um, also, uh, I did an interview with Bad Dude Tito today. If you guys uh, didn't get to hear it live, I will be posting it tomorrow on YouTube, uh, probably around twelve o'clock. So, 
the world premiere on YouTube, but we'll also have that available on uh, Spotify, iTunes, you know, anywhere else you listen to this podcast at. So those are my programming notes. Um, I guess I guess it's time to talk about power. Do we have to? Yeah. Right. You you didn't talk enough about Leaping Lanny Poffo, so now we have to talk about the NWA. Where's Jane when I need him? Uh, isn't there a Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiator hey, event coming up soon? Actually, I want to bring up one non-NWA thing first. Yeah, go ahead. I think it's an interesting topic. All kidding aside, guys, we are planning to talk about the NWA, the the live event, the wedding, all of it. We'll get to that momentarily. We're just having some fun as we drag our feet getting there. Exactly. Uh, All right. WWE. Had this great storyline going on for quite some time. I don't know if it's been a full year or not. But with uh, Sami Zayn and uh, the Bloodline. And, you know, it kind of reached a climax uh, at Royal Rumble. And Sami Zayn has gotten over in a way that few people in wrestling get over. And become this really big thing and... People claim that, you know, they want to see him be the one to defeat Roman Reigns for the title. And so some people are supposedly upset because he's not main eventing WrestleMania. And, uh, you know, there are news reports that WWE doesn't see him as a quote-unquote WrestleMania main eventer. And I have to say, from a personal perspective, I kind of agree. All right. I mean, would it give you that huge Brian Daniel type pop? Sure. But I think in the long run, it would be a Ronnie Garvin type thing of, you put the title on him, now what? I mean, Cindy's just going to lose it to somebody here pretty quickly. You know, it might not be Roman Reigns, but, you know, you know somebody. I don't know. Sammy doesn't. Not that big. Doesn't really have the body, you know, better shape than me, but that doesn't say anything. And I don't know that he even has the personality, especially on the face side. I don't know that he has the Brian Danielson type skill. Not saying he's not, doesn't have talent, but, you know, his talent is more personality based and being able to do some things. I don't know that he's the strongest in-ring worker. And he's certainly not on a Brian Daniel level. As far as being able to get over in the ring just with your work alone. And so, and certainly on a face. I mean, if he 
wanted to turn heel immediately, where he's kind of that chicken shit heel champion. That's one thing. So the, but even then, you don't see it going. You know, being a long thing, I think he would win, and people would almost immediately go, "Yeah, okay, great, he won. We need somebody else now." Mm-hmm. Fickle. The WWE fans are fickle. Oh yeah, wrestling fans in general are fickle. Right? <laughs> And I, you know, I think we've seen this at various times. You know, uh, I always pointed out Rick Flair could draw money with Sting. Rick Flair could draw money with Lex Luger, but when Lex Luger and Sting wrestled, it didn't draw as much money. Yeah. And people forget those guys were young when they actually won their world titles. They'd only been in the business five, six, seven years. Wow. You know, compared to like the average wrestler who would. Be in the ring 15, sometimes 20 years before they won time. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm kind of curious on people's thoughts. I mean, I'm saying if you're going to main event WrestleMania, Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns, it's a far better main event. And Cody Rhodes is certainly somebody who you would see being able to hold the championship for a while. I don't know if. He might be dusty-ish in the sense that I don't know that you'd want him holding it for more than a few months at any given moment. Wow. Uh, I could be wrong. He could get over. Yeah. You know, wow. and be able and be able to stay over as a champion. But you know, there's there's a difference. Until Becky Lynch had her personality change from the you know Irish last kicker to the man, I always said Becky Lynch was a far better challenger than she ever was a champion. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And, you know, she held plenty of titles plenty of times before that change happened. I don't know that we ever, you know, I don't think that she was ever over over really as champion. I, I think people were normally glad when Charlotte won the title back or, you know, you have to something you got to keep in mind, and this is something like I, I'll, I'll, I'm kind of echoing what you hear busted open say is that there is a vocal minority when it comes to pro wrestling, the the internet wrestling community. Now we all think, to an extent, this is part of the internet wrestling community, but you, you know where where I don't think that I'm always right, and and DK like he'll tell you that he's always right, but. You know, we know that we have our taste in pro wrestling, and right now our taste is not in vogue for sure. But when it comes to pro wrestling, uh, you know, there is a loud minority of fans who are saying, "Hey, this is Sammy's. This is Sammy's title to win. This is Sammy's uh, chance. Look what he did with the bloodline." And and I'm gonna pull out what Mike wrote here, and I'm gonna translate because he kind of missed some letters there. He said, "People don't want people don't want to not care for Cody." They unfortunately are emotionally invested in Sammy due to that bloodline angle. And uh, yes, that's true. Sammy is right now the hot property in terms of that internet wrestling community. But I think when you look at the greater picture, you know, Cody's the one that's that's selling out merchandise left and right. That storyline about Cody Rhodes has been brewing since he got injured. You know, that the whole plan was him to become 
a, a top-tier challenger for that world title. And I think when it comes to star power, and I'm not trying to be little Sami Zayn because I actually really like Sami and I see a lot of potential for him down the road. But I think the better matchup for fans of the Bloodline angle is literally uh, Jay and Jimmy Uso versus Kevin and Sammy in a world tag team title match. And I think Cody is really poised to be the new face of the WWE. Like, that's something that they've been lacking is a face. Like, yes, Roman Reigns does. Huh? And a face face. Yeah, exactly. Because if you look at Roman Reigns, he's been doing an amazing job as world's heavyweight champion, undisputed, united, whatever they call him, right? He's doing the press. He's going out there and having those matches, and he looks great. Cody has a certain je ne sais quoi, right? He is getting uh, – he's had, like, uh, TV shows. Uh, he was part of Arrow. He's been part of uh, uh, that show on TBS where they did, like, the talent show type thing. He His name is out there. He is a known commodity. There's a reason why he came from AEW back to the WWE on one of the top spots on the roster, not because his last name is Rhodes, but because of the work Cody put into the business into building his brand. And that brand has outside of wrestling recognition. And we talked, you know, Billy's talking about getting the casual fan, but the WWE is actually the master of getting casual fans because they'll go beyond just the casual fan. They'll go to people who aren't even interested in pro wrestling. They'll go and get Logan Paul and sign him to a deal and put him on their shows because they know that Logan Paul has a 4 billion audience on YouTube that will translate to more people watching uh, the WWE product. They'll go out and sign Bad Bunny to do WrestleMania appearances or Royal Rumbles because they know that that brand outside of the WWE has value. And I think to a certain extent, Cody not like Brad, Bad Bunny, not like uh, Logan Paul, but in itself, Cody has a brand that is uh, has leveraged itself to be very successful in the world of pro wrestling. And I think that's where the WWE is at, and that's why they look at him as such a hotter commodity uh, and a better long-term solution to be the person to replace Roman Reigns as world's heavyweight champion. That's my two. That's my two cents. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll even draw this to somebody or a situation. Uh, you were there when Question Mark appeared. Yes. And Question Mark got over. And you could have put Question Mark in an angle that would have been involving. Uh, Nick Aldis. Personally, no, I would not have. No, I'm just saying you could have. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Okay. You know, the world could have put him in a put him in an angle that involved Nick Aldis. But I don't care how over question mark was, how much the fans loved him. And again, I think that was more studio fans and fanboy fangirls <laughs> than actual, you know, people who just watched the product. And, uh, you know, I don't think anybody would say you should put the world title on question mark. No. Now, yes, Sammy got over in a bigger way in a bigger storyline. But I just don't, 
I just don't know that you would say put the title on Sammy. I mean, and especially to end Roman Reigns. I mean, like I someone suggested Sammy could win it and Roman win it back like the next Friday on SmackDown or something like that. But see, then that kills what part of the heat with Cody. Because what you're really looking for with Cody is that he's going to be the one that ends Roman Reigns, you know, two plus year reign, two and a half year reign. And in like, and that's I think that's almost as important as as anything else is like, you know, Roman Reigns hasn't been pinned in like two years. That's 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 almost unheard of. Maybe yeah, Nick Aldis wasn't not even in tag matches. No. I mean, he, he does not lose. And he and Paul Heyman started out at the beginning when they realized that they were going to give him the throw. People forget. Roman Reigns was, this was not the plan. When Roman Reigns won the title, it was originally going to be a hot shot title match. He was supposed to go back on the fiend. And that didn't happen mm-hmm. because... The crowd finally got the Roman Reigns they wanted. The arrogant prick heel. (laughs) And, you know, and so, you know, they made an audible. They called that, and they've just run, and they've gone. And this is how you build a world champion, people. He doesn't lose. He beats the current big names. He beats the old big names. He beats the young big names, you know. As he says, he smashes them. He he doesn't get pinned in a tag team match. He he is the top guy. He is undefeated. And so when the person finally comes and knocks him off the throne, it's got to be somebody who's going to hold that spot in a way, for at least a while. Yeah. The only person that saying beating Road, uh, beating uh, Reigns and then Reigns winning the title back a week later does more damage to Reigns for his upcoming match than it does good for Sammy. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when that other match is there. like It's not like Sammy's going to get tossed to the road. They're probably going to put Sammy in a uh, in a tag team match again WrestleMania with Jay Uso, Jimmy Uso teaming with his other brother <laughs> and and Kevin Owens and I mean I think that's going to be well received and, and you know what kind of ovation will Sammy and Kevin get when they win the WWE undisputed unified globally dominated world tag team titles you know it's going to be a big feel good moment uh, for both the, the uh, Montreal Canadiens, uh, it'll be a good moment for the fans who have sat through this whole bloodline gimmick. Um, but, but you know, it, it, you don't need to put him in that world title match. Could you put him in a title match down the road? Sure. If Cody doesn't win, could that match happen down the road? Sure. I think they're actually giving him that match at uh, at the, the Elimination Chamber, right? Yeah. Oh, that's the talk would be Montreal, his hometown. Uh, he'll probably get screwed or something. Or Dusty yeah. finish, I'm calling it right now. They're going to have the celebration and everything. And nope, his foot was on the ropes. 
So, yeah, there will be something that happens. Uh, maybe Jay, who right now seems to be leaning Sammy's way, will turn on him or something so they can set up that tag match. It's just we gotta we gotta wait and see. But I, I feel it's an I just feel like that's an interesting thing in wrestling that we do a little bit too often is we kind of get on this wave of somebody and it's just like ah you know James they may or may not. It's James says, you know, Raw SmackDown each one throwing sing who knows what will happen. Well, and, and, and just like you said, right, like as fans, we kind of get on this idea of what's supposed to happen or what's going to happen, right? Like uh, it was my my thought process that uh, Tyrus wasn't going to win the World Heavyweight Championship, that Matt Cardona was going to win that title back the first chance they had to put it on him, and they didn't. You know, but I also, I also thought that uh, Trevor Murdoch wasn't going to lose to Matt Cardona at Always Ready, and he did. So, you know, booking be damned you know that wrestling promotion is always going to do what they think is best and and i'm sorry willie i know you dislike the wwe and he just said raw stands for really awful wrestling and it's it's a snooze down on friday nights but we it's something we wanted to talk about because again the you know so the wwe churns so does the world of wrestling uh it's kind of hard not to include them when you talk about the sport of professional wrestling they are the the granddaddy of them all, if you will. Uh, so you got to kind of at least acknowledge it from time to time. But uh, DK, we are 53 minutes into this podcast, this live stream, this show. And you're going to make us talk about power, aren't you? It's time to talk about power, daddy. Get your mom out the field and your daddy out the kitchen. All right. Did you see the promo that uh, – that, uh, 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 Thrillbilly did on that uh, local NBC affiliate prior to the TV taping. I did. Was that not the best damn 15 seconds you've seen out of Thrillbilly since he's been in the NWA? Yeah. I, did you see my tweet that I posted yesterday? I, I don't know if you've been on Twitter or not. Uh, I don't think I saw it, but what did it say? Well, I just basically was saying, you know, can we all now admit that uh, Poyo and Thrillbilly are like the best thing going in the NWA today. If it, it's pretty damn close, I mean, I and look, anyone who knows me knows that I was not, you know, the first time they came out together, I was not overly thrilled. I didn't understand it, and I, but they've kind of evolved the characters. They've evolved the gimmick a little bit, and. Uh, They've got it where it works. And now what we're seeing with Thrill Billing is he has the talent. You know, he, you listen to the promo he did there, you know, with those guns and, you know, everything like that. That was so, I don't know how big those TVs are in Knoxville, but cameraman, why don't you zoom out and then zoom back? It was great, man. I loved every second of it. That was the 80th of wrestling promos I've heard in a long time. A very much akin to the Southern style of wrestling. I loved every second of it. Thrillbilly, man. Thrillbilly is, uh, they've got something very special in with him. And just like you tweeted, 
him and Poyo might be the best part of the show. That promo that they cut together, and we'll, we'll talk more about that in just a minute, but the promo that they did together on the live episode, like Poyo nailed it. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. Thrillbilly nailed it. They, they just killed it. And, and I kept saying this on the pre-party that this was the night that the NWA had to execute. They had to look good. They had to have the, the shiniest, brightest stars in front of the camera because this is the time where an audience that has previously ignored the NWA, moved on from the NWA, or forgot about the NWA is, is there. They're there to see this show. They want to see a live product. You're advertising something that hasn't been done on a regular basis for the NWA. Not only is it live, but now you're be- you're no longer behind a pay window. Free to all. Get in on YouTube. Watch it live. And and I whew, I thought that they did a tremendous job with that promo. Talk about growing in the spotlight. Talk about you know taking advantage of the opportunities that were given to you. I remember Poyo saying that when we first saw Poyo that like that was a off chance pairing, right? Like they did not expect to get TV time. They weren't there expecting to get TV time. They threw the two together and they're, and they're making magic. And I'm, I'm very excited for both Poyo and our boy Thrill Billy. I just thought they, they, they crushed that. Yeah. Didn't somebody not show up or I don't remember the full story, but like, we'll be, We'll ask Poyo like in the next few weeks when uh, Poyo joins us. We'll ask to her, for her to break down that whole like story. Yeah, I, I I do remember her saying one time, or posting one of our chats on the show that yeah, like I said that they didn't they weren't planned. They just were there, and they were something happened. And they got the opportunity to go out there, and it was like, and, you know, I'll be honest, that may not have been why I liked it the first couple times because it was kind of thrown together. But they got, they made it work. And look, that's what matters. If it doesn't matter, I am willing to change my mind. Yeah. I don't grab onto a view and then hold it begrudgingly and I don't care what happens or whatever. I am willing to change my mind. If you got the talent to get me to change my mind, you know, all the power to you. Those two changed my mind. I didn't like, didn't like it at first, but they developed it. It grew. It went a direction and I was able to, and now you see a confidence, especially in silence. Oh yeah. You see a confidence level in him now that you're just like, you know, you almost get as excited as he does. And it's, you know, it's a contagious, you know, exciting thing. And, you know, you said something. He gave a, he gave a Tennessee promo there at that station. Yeah. I mean, that's what people would have gotten in the 80s. That's what, you know, everything. And it was perfect. I loved it. It was beautiful. I loved their promo on power. It was beautiful. And, you know, so right now, if you go, hey, Devin, who's your two favorite people in the NWA? I'm going, oh, boy, I'm silent. I mean, they are, they are, they are kicking ass. 
you know, and hitting on all cylinders. I'm still going to go with Chris Silvio and uh, Jack Stain because I'm a Jack Stain mark. But uh, well, right, you've got a high, you know, high I'll, always lo- I'll always love Jax, and he'll always be one of you know one of my top guys. But you know, he was injured. He's not there as much anymore. You know, right now until he they get him back in full time. So you know, right now what's hitting, you know, it's, you know, on every cylinder, you know, it's those two. Yeah, and uh, I I uh, I was just trying to look it up, but uh, Cage Match doesn't have a lot of uh, great information when it comes to some of the uh, wrestlers. I know that Thrillbilly started off in in working, and even some of the independents out here in California, uh, Northern California, to be succinct, and uh, didn't really hit. You know what I mean? Like he's been around for a while. Uh, I don't know what carnation he was when he was out here in California, but. I, you know, no one was talking about him then, and no one really was talking about him up until just a few weeks ago, uh, because he just keeps, he keeps hitting it right on the head. His in-ring performance has been solid. His promos are getting better. The chemistry that he and Poyo have, like you said it yourself, you weren't a big fan when they first debuted. You know what? Neither was I. I didn't want to, you know, the whole like I got nauseous with the whole chaw thing, right? Like that made me sick to my stomach, but. You know, they kept plugging away, and it, it's it's a great pairing. Uh, you know, I, I'm the first one to tell you that, you know, going back in the Wayback Machine, when the United Wrestling Network brought in Percy Pringle III to manage uh, Sean Ricker, uh, you know him as L.A. Knight, and, and Brian Cage, two guys who were capable of cutting their own promos, especially L.A. Knight, and he brought in Percy Pringle to manage him. I'm like, what the hell did you do that for, Dave? That sounds like a giant waste of money. But then you watch what Pringle does ringside and how he gets the fans uh, to connect with the wrestlers and how he gets those promos over and how he gets his talent over. And you start realizing, like, that was like, that was knocked it out of the park. And I feel like it's the same thing with with uh, with our pal uh, uh, Thrillbilly and our pal Poyo. And look, speaking of our other our other pal, the Dark Lord, Jaden. Jaden, welcome back. All right. All right, pal. Listen. Pal, brother, where were you when we needed you? <laughs> Unfortunately, I was uh, laying the verbal smacking on some young buck who wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing. The young bucks, Which not the one? young bucks. I don't abuse kids. Was it well, Slick Nick or Mister Instant Replay? It was uh, Ty Ty Tylean Buck. Tylean, oh. uh, yeah. that might be my favorite buck. Uh, people, it's funny because I just said uh, Slick Nick or Mister Instant Replay. People who who uh, have followed the Young Bucks in their career would know that that's what they were called early in their career. All right, back to you, Jane. All right, so what were we talking about? By the way, I caught Power. I didn't catch it live, but I caught it. I heard Poyo and the uh, and our main event friends are all going to be on there. So I wanted to make sure I caught it. I'm a little disappointed in Poyo. You ready? Are you disappointed in Poyo because of the wedding segment or because of the promo that her and Thrillbilly cut? Oh, no. The promo was absolutely golden. I loved it. I watched it like three times and enjoyed it. I'm just a little disappointed because I think that jacket needs a little more bedazzling. <laughs> he's, he's, he's got a point. <laughs> hey, hey, Dark Lord. Yes. Now that we've gotten rid of Jay, like was always the plan. Uh, good job. Uh, I want to go back. All right. Go back where? I want your opinion. Okay. Uh, have you heard any of the show? 
No, unfortunately, like I said, I was having to verbally castrate somebody today and I didn't get a chance to get on until right now. In fact, I'm leaving right, right now from there. Well, I I was talking about the situation that's currently going on in WWE. And what Sammy's saying is is, you know, riding high on the on the bloodline storyline and how he's you know, there are fans out there, the vocal fans. I think he should be the one to dethrone Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And I'm like, you know, me, Sami Zayn would kind of be a modern day Ronnie Garvin where, you know, you win the title and then everybody goes, now what? I don't really want him as champion. And so I'm like, you know, you're making the right decision by not putting him over Roman and going with the Cody storyline for WrestleMania. So I'm just kind of curious as to what your thoughts are. Um, here's the problem. It would be the right time if it had, if it wasn't just right now executed. I think the right time to possibly do something with Sami Zayn, even potentially put the championship on him, it will c- come in storyline. But I don't think the right time is at WrestleMania only because how short of a timeline between now and WrestleMania is. And he needs to have a match where he gets screwed and really, really, really want the fans to do it. The problem is if it happens at WrestleMania and he gets screwed, everybody's going to go, worst pay-per-view ever. I'm turning off the WWE Network. My mom is not going to give you Hot Pockets. That's what it's going to be like. (coughs) So that's why I think Maybe instead, if they do it, somebody has to screw him that's not Roman Reigns, like so Solo Sokoa, and then he helps Cody Rhodes. Him and Cody Rhodes go against Solo and Roman Reigns at the next pay-per-view. Um, he feuds with Solo for a while and then works out a big match with Roman Reigns at say maybe three months from now, or from from WrestleMania, or three live events or three premium live events, whatever they're called now. Three commercial filled events. That's what they are now. Yeah, I, they have longer commercial segments in in uh, Royal Rumble than they do on TV. But almost fall asleep. Uh, my next question is, did you see the clips of the TV interview that uh, Through Billy Cyrus did for the, on the local TV? Oh, yeah. I don't think... Uh, Tony, Tony, hit him, hit him, hit him, Tony, hit him. I don't think David Crockett uh, was so happy when he took it, his attention away. But he just, he did this, he was great. That's what you need to do is grabbing the balls, grab the brass balls. Or the brass ring, I'm sorry. Whatever your brass you want to grab. Grab that brass, all right? Jay and I said that sounded like an 80s Tennessee promo. That was an 80s Tennessee promo. That was Tommy Wildfire Rich getting all fired up. I'll, I'll give you that. It, and the thing about it is, like, it was perfect because he's like, cameraman, I don't know how big those TVs in Tennessee are. And he 
had him zoom in on his muscle and then zoom out to show both muscles. It was just so good. It's like, I don't know if, if someone taught him that, if someone coached him that, or if the dude just figured out it on his own, but it was so good. You can teach people to the basics behind a promo, but a good promo can't be taught. It has to come out of you. It can be, I mean, it's very plausible that he's in there in his bedroom 19 hours of the day just cutting promos in front of a mirror to get that way. Or it's very possible that's just him. But either way, you don't, you don't teach great promos. You just teach how to do a promo. The basics you can teach, the, the elements, the energy, the excitement, the fire, baby. That's what you can teach. The weird times, Daddy. No, and it's, weird it, times. I think uh, that means DK is going to leave for a minute. And so uh, as soon as I can. Good, let's start out, talking bad about him. Yeah, right. He said the same <laughs> thing about me when I left, too. Uh, the, the, and the crazy thing about it is, and, and that's kind of what we were talking about right before you jumped on, is like, you know, Silas Mason wrestled out here in California. I believe it was in the Central Coast, Northern California. It's a, it's a very little fanfare. Nobody was talking about Thrill Billy. Nobody was talking about Thrill Billy nine months ago, how he's a hot prospect and everyone needs to pay attention to this kid. And all of a sudden, now that's it seems like nobody can stop talking about Thrill Billy. It seems like he's a very hot commodity for the NWA. And and with these just these promos alone, I'm seeing dollar signs with that kid. I'm thinking, man, you could put him in a, in the national title. Like, I want to see Sion versus Thrill Billy now. Yeah, but but even the promo leading you know to the 70th anniversary show, very dusty esque. Like, you know, he was uh, manifesting this this title match against Tyrus at the 75th anniversary show. <coughs> I was fired up. Fired up. Yeah. You, again, you just can't. That's not some. That's something you have. It, all right. Here's a good example. I remember when people thought Kurt Angle was boring. <laughs> yeah. He, when he first started doing something, he showed the technical ability like he could wrestle. But yeah. he showed initially, initially he had the personality, and this was before he was in the WWE, but initially he had the personality of Dean Malenko. Great wrestler, not a great promo. Yeah. But as soon as, as soon as that epiphany happened, as soon as that something in your mind just clicks, all of a sudden he got it. And then he became one of the best promos in the business. It's true. It's damn true. And it happens. Sometimes there's an epiphany. It happens sometimes where people are wrestling. I remember, oh, I can't remember the kid's name. There was a kid at the wrestling school. We never thought he was going to get it. He was all left feet. He was falling over his feet. He was just, he was not it. And then all of a sudden, something just clicked in his brain. And he became really, really, really good. And it's a shame he got hurt. I can't remember the kid's name, but he was—he would have probably have been something um, once he understood. Once that clicks, and that's the same thing for that happens to a lot of people. There's a lot, a lot of fighters that all lose and you know are very, very good, and then something happens, just like the Rocky story. Something happens, and then you become <laughs> the champ. You need a Mickey to have you chase chickens and and. Uh... You know, tenderize some uh, cattle in a, in a freezer. How about eat lightning and crap thunder? Would that work? Yeah, sure, that works. Come on, Mikey. I, I think Mikey. I that. Yeah, I think I messed that up. <laughs> Never mind. Obviously, you're not cutting a promo right now. 
that, no. that epiphany hasn't happened tonight. No, th there's a reason why I do podcasts and not cut promos. Jaden, I'm not. I I don't go on the camera pretending to be something I'm not. I'm a am a decent uh, human being who likes to talk about wrestling. That's what I do. What you I do. darn dirty. You done dirty, no gooders. I kind of wish yeah. Poyo was in the chat tonight because I would love to pick uh, her brain about uh, what happened uh, on on Tuesday. Now, there's a lot of things uh, I I read. I had things sent to me. Um, but it was pretty crazy, and I'm going to get to some of it right now. Hopefully, uh, Mr. Uh, DCAM will join us momentarily. But one thing I want to get to is that, uh, well, I will talk about the ring, right? I, I don't know if a lot of people knew this, but apparently right before the show started, a weld broke on the ring or something like that, something where <laughs> it could have been disastrous. I don't know how they fixed it. I don't know what they did if they just – you know, a wing and a prayer, a ton of duct tape, some super glue, or I don't know. But uh, I had from two different sources that there was some sort of damage to the ring before the show started. And the fact that they were able to have any wrestling at all is kind of uh, a miracle in and of itself. Uh, I did read that Pat Kenny was not able to make it to the show. Pat Kenny is basically second in command. Uh, you know, he's leading the charge when Billy's not there. Billy wasn't able to make the event because of the uh, harsh weather conditions. Uh, did not did not uh, get out there to uh, to Knoxville. So they were. Maybe that's why it was good. <laughs> I it was. There was some great moments and then some that I uh, I I really didn't like that wedding. But we'll get there. I'm sure if we haven't already. Oh. Yeah, and look, you're not alone in that, and we'll talk. We'll definitely talk about that momentarily. Um, when did they hire Stifler's mother? He watched American Pie, right? Yeah, but what do you mean by Stifler's mom? What, what role? Or the late? She's the same lady in that Two Broke Girls. The lady in the uh, right. The, the where, four, yeah. Where was yeah. she at? She was in that wedding talking to Mae Valentine. Oh, her friend. Yeah. I don't, Hey, the one that was talking with came out with uh, saying that what's his name doesn't love her. That, that um, Aaron oh, Stevens doesn't love Natalia, her. Are you talking about Natalia Markova? I'm talking about Stifler's mom. <laughs> I miss you, Jaden. Uh, That's the lady. What I I never watched the three to two broke girl show. You know, I did kind of have a thing for uh, what was her name, Kat Dennings. Yeah, I still do. Yeah, those those uh. Turquoise eyes or something special. I bet you didn't even know she had eyes. What? She has eyes. She has a face. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, uh, we are. Are you? Are you talking about Natalia Markova when she comes up there when uh, uh, the 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 male model was there? Is that what you're talking about? And she was saying that Aaron Stevens doesn't love her, and I was so God. I was so that was an abortion. Yeah, well, and like I said, we'll get to that momentarily. But, like, there were so many plot holes in that. You know, if this was a movie, it would be like, you know, two thumbs down. But, uh, uh, yeah, they're, they're, we'll, we'll get to that. Well, I want to wait for DKM because I know he'll have some honest opinions about how awful that was. But let's get back to uh, the subject. Worst hand. wedding ever. Yeah, it was. Um, let's get back to uh, some of the numbers. You know me. I kind of like diving into the analytic here. And I won't go too deep into it, but, you know, the NWA YouTube channel literally has 252,000 subscribers. That, that's amazing. Now, that's a few more than you have. 
Oh yeah, it's a, it's a little bit more. Uh, we'll we'll, yeah, we'll catch up these days. Now, according to Social Blade, which is a uh, basically they they monitor the analytics of people's social media accounts. Uh, you know the bigger companies, uh, people that actually have two hundred fifty-two thousand subscribers, they'll monitor the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebook, and and they give you the analytics behind it. Um, according to the Social Blade, the NWA has about eight thousand daily views, regardless of what uh, content is being produced that day. On average, on a you know on a thirty-day span, they have about eight thousand views every day. Seven thousand nine hundred ninety-nine of them are for Poyo and Throwbilly. <laughs> Probably. Uh, <clears throat> this one season... of them for Stifler's mom. <laughs> the season finale back in January third uh, had sixty-three thousand views. That was the the final episode. That was the go home episode uh, before they took this uh, hiatus. <clears throat> As of eleven p.m. Eastern. <laughs> The initial uh, episode of the first live power had 19,000 views, meaning uh, roughly 19,000 people watched it live on the first night that it was on. As of 3 p.m. Eastern yesterday, it had 36,000 views. Uh, As a side note, the Hard Times pre-show, which was also a live uh, venture from the YouTube channel, has only had 25K. And I believe DKM said earlier that the NWA, as of right now, had well over 40,000 views uh, for the live episode. Is that right, DK? Yeah, I should have known you were going to ask me that question. Hold on just a second. I'll tell you again. Teach me to wake up in the morning. (laughs) You choose the wrong day to stop sniffing glue. Uh, Apparently so. Yes, 48,000 streamed two days ago. So they'll probably have 50,000 before the end of the night, which which will will best their uh, season finale. Or, well, no, it doesn't best it, but it gets pretty close. And that's only in a three-day period. Now, now, when Power first debuted, and you had a lot of Jim Cornette fans there, and you, you know, obviously there was a different version of the NWA at that time, uh, they were averaging like 200,000 views an episode. Like the first season, so it's still well below their initial surge, no pun intended. But uh, the numbers are promising; they're starting to build back up, and I think that's really important for the NWA. This was an episode that needed to hit, and although there was a lot of misses, don't get me wrong, there was a ton of misses. Uh, there was, misses? yeah, there was a couple of hits. Uh, we just talked about the Poyo and and uh, <clears throat> Poyo and Throwbilly promo. Like that was a hit, man. They knocked it out of the park. They made themselves superstars that night. I don't think you'd be done talking about it by the time I got back. No. So the first the first matchup was Bully Ray versus Odinson. You know, this is uh, again we talked about struggling and 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 you know looking like stars. I think this was a great idea to have Bully Ray in your opening match because one. The dude has uh, value. Like I, I'm not saying that he needs to be the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, but he's the face and name that people recognize. Hell, he was just wrestling Josh Alexander at the last Impact pay per view for the World's Heavyweight, uh, their World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, so and right now, more people know about that listening to this podcast and probably watch that episode. But go ahead. Maybe, um, but then also like he's on Busted Open. Uh, he's a former WWE Hall of Famer. He's 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 
held tag team titles in every promotion he's ever worked in. So needless to say, he's an ECW icon. Bully Ray Dudley is well known on in, in the world of professional wrestling, and I think that was a great way to start the show by having him out there. Um, Odinson, however, really struggles on the mic. That's not his forte. It wasn't bad, right? But it wasn't good until he got to the end of the promo. That's where he probably had his best work, um, where he he kind of had his one-liners about you know for for Odin and all that other stuff. Um, Cause that's well practiced and you could tell that's well practiced cause that came out a lot smoother. Right. Just like it's well practiced to the right. Every time we're talking, your camera goes out. Well, that's because you guys need a break from all this greatness. Anyways. Um, that's why I don't put myself on the, uh, you can't love that one. <laughs> that's why I don't put myself on camera. Yeah. Well, and we appreciate that. Uh, <clears throat> real quick. I want to get to some of the comments. Uh, back to uh, back to uh, Natalia Markova. Uh, they say diamonds are a girl's best friend. For Natalia Markova, it's plastic surgery and Botox. Yeesh. Uh, Dave Scooby says it was worse being there live. Hopefully, the NWA got that shit out of their system. I think he was talking about the wedding. Uh, from your mouth to Luthez's ears, Dave Scooby. Uh, Luthez doesn't want any more weddings. Uh, Scooby says that Bully was working the crowd big time, hot open for power. Yeah, he was. And that and that's good. <clears throat> Bully even tweeted, uh, you know, like connect with the audience, not with your super kicks on, on Twitter. And in like he demonstrates that, whether it be an impact wrestling connecting with the crowd as a heel or or in the NWA uh, connecting with that crowd as a baby face. It just he's doing what he needs to do, and that's great. It's it's a benefit for the NWA. And then lastly, uh, Mike says that voice didn't match the physique. It was like hearing Tyson first speak. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, um, not every uh, bodybuilder, you know, is going to have the deepest, basiest voice in the world. And and that's okay. But like uh, maybe somebody like Aaron Stevens could uh, mentor, manage uh, uh, Odinson or, or, or maybe even Idol. You know, I just like I kept thinking like he needs somebody. Um, well, I. Uh, uh- it depends on how you use and what you say. I mean, I think you can look at Hammerstone and go, he doesn't have a deep bass voice either. And, uh, you know, he can still be intimidating in his talk. You know, let me tell you, Mike Tyson, even with his high squeaky voice, was intimidating just because he knew he could kill you. It might have been even worse because he's, he came at you sounding like a toddler and you knew he could kill you with one punch. I don't care what Robin Given says. <clears throat> All right. Anyways, uh, so the dude looks great, but you never know what you're going to really get out of him in the ring. This was a better effort in this match. Uh, you know, sometimes all you'll see from him are those Asgardian uppercuts, but thankfully this wasn't that. Um, for all the crap that Bully Ray gets, the dude really knows how to connect with an audience. He, he Like I said, he's hated an impact uh, for what he did to Tommy Dreamer and Josh Alexander, but in the NWA, fans are just eating it up. And it was a good spot for the NWA to have Bully Ray on their first live show. <clears throat> I really didn't enjoy the whole low blow gimmick. Like, I just felt like it was like, I'd rather have seen a straight up match, but I understand why they did that too, because it afforded them the opportunity to make uh, Odinson look strong while not making Bully look weak. Because if you get hit in the, in the, uh, you know, the mommy and daddy maker, 
I, of course it's going to slow you down. Of course it's going to put you in a little bit of trouble. <laughs> I love the reaction. Um, it's 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 going to slow you down. It's going to put you in pain. Like anyone who's ever been kicked in the nuts knows exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, so so it, it afforded bully to be vulnerable without looking weak because look anyone who gets that treatment is going to look hurt um so they worked that very well in the match uh of course uh the reverse psychology end of the match was perfect because they had uh odinson pull out the table he was gonna you know look like he was gonna do like a death valley driver through it bully reverses it to a choke slam and that ends the match because uh, bully got disqualified uh I thought it was hilarious. Uh, DK, what did you think? I mean, it was the right type of match for the people that were involved. If that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, not that you kind of knew how it was going to end since the stipulation was no tables so you knew somebody was going to go through a table and uh i mean that type of thing i mean yay otis and one boo yay bully still looks strong i i don't know it it was what it was it wasn't bad uh it was Solid match between two guys that you kind of knew what was going to happen. So, I mean, I can't roundly criticize it as just being like a bad match with a lot of botches or anything. It, and I think it would have been, I think that would have been better to have been there alive for where you could have connected with Bully. Perfect 10. <laughs> oh, hey, so, anyway, if Baby Dog can be a perfect 10, so can I. I mean, uh, no argument on that. And, and yeah, just to get to my thing, you know, it, I think they're live where you could connect it with Bully and watch him hype up the crowd and stuff probably would have been more exciting. But, you know, hey, I didn't want to turn the show off after that. So it's a win. I, I also felt like this, um, and, and again, this is forecasting. There's nothing indicating that what I'm about to say is anywhere remotely uh, possible for happening. But, you know, there's a lot of speculation that uh, Bully Ray and Devon might team again on the Indies. Uh, you know, I know Devon had some health concerns. Maybe he's feeling back to wrestling. But if you were to do that, you know, we know that uh, Odinson has a tag team partner as well in, in Paro. And, and maybe we could get like a Team 3D, the Dudley Boys, whatever they're calling themselves on the Indies, versus uh, the end uh, at a at a future pay-per-view maybe that would be a Crockett Cup match uh, what Jaden what do you think about that idea is that awful or awesome okay D Cam what do you oh, think okay about I'm that? sorry I was didn't realize I was still on the mute um, if if it was all Japan pro wrestling the end I think that would be awesome if it's the last end we've seen recently, I think we need to put it into that uh, speculation. <laughs> DK, you have any thoughts on that one? I, I think Jaden hit it perfectly. I mean, if you get if you get the paro that you see in paro that you see in every other promotion, 
hey, that could be a good thing. If you get the guy that wrestled in the NWA, ooh. I will I will say this. I, I do follow uh, Carl on Instagram, and, and he's been showing some video from him, you know, doing some CrossFit, and he's looking like a lot better in shape, a lot more flexible. And I don't know what that means for his entering, but if uh, if he's – 100% and he's able to be as uh, I guess comfortable in the ring as he was in the past like I think he could be I think they could be really good again if if, if, uh, if that's up to it uh, Dave Scooby said who's the idiot that left the table under the ring maybe the NWA should have the refs check under the ring for illegal objects but you know that would make sense I think that would be hilarious if they did and were like hey get this table out of here you know and at least happened. the table could potentially make sense because they use real tables as their broadcast table it could have been a backup and something happened there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, at least it wasn't kendo sticks or fishing hooks or anything else stupid. Like, why would that be under the ring? We'll, we'll get to kendo sticks later. Uh, yeah, I know. Up, next up, we get that brilliant, brilliant promo with Throwbilly and, and, and Poyo. And Poyo sporting that fair faucet wig. <laughs> Throwbilly's... Throwbilly's... Uh, this was very Dusty esque for me. He was manifesting a world title shot against Tyrus at the 75th anniversary in St. Louis. He said, but before he gets there, he needs to get Scion in the ring for that national championship. I thought this was perfect. Chef's kiss. Uh, we've talked a lot about it. Jaden, do you have anything you want to add? It's called controlling your destiny. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's the plans, but, and I know sometimes when it doesn't go to plan, some, Bookers, instead of listening to the fans, what uh, you know, what's the right thing to do? What seems to grab buzz? They'll completely do the opposite and neuter the talent. But um, I, I think that's great. I think that promo definitely, like I said, it grabbed the the brass balls and it <laughs> it's um, did exactly what they need to do to get themselves over. If Billy Corgan's booking ain't going to get you over, then you got to get yourself over somehow. And I think that's beautiful. Like I said, the only real complaint I had is. That jacket wasn't bedazzled enough. <laughs> First of all, if I, I don't know if that was a fair fossil wig. I thought that was a Tammy Wynette. But um, and the only reason I know that is my mom loved that crap. But um, <laughs> if you're going to Poyo, if you're going to be that bright and shine, all that light, light nights, that all that light shining on you, it needs to sparkle off that jacket, not a little flicker. That jacket needs to make Ric Flair jealous. <laughs> but otherwise, it was amazing. Uh, DK, do you have anything you want to add to uh, our stroking of the uh, Poyo flame over here? Uh, getting back to Thurbelly for a second. Notice what he did. What's the title he put over first? NWA. The Twelve world. He put over the world title. That's his goal. That's what he wants. That's what everybody who's wrestling in the NWA is supposed to want. Yes. Either the, sing, either the singles title or if you're a tag team, tag team titles. But and how's it going to get there, DK? Yeah, and so he said, there's my goal. That's what we're going to do at the 75th or whatever the next one is. He goes, <laughs> but to make sure I get there is basically what he's saying. Zion, you're standing in my way. I'm going to take that national title you have. And Hey, look, we watched the two of them wrestle, didn't we? Live, yeah. in person. Yeah. We saw the handprint on Scion that 
threw Billy left. Yeah, that's true. And it was it was a good match. I enjoyed it. So we know these two can put on them. They've had a match. We know they can put on a match that's good. So we know Throw Billy wants the world title. So now he's put over the world title. That's the ultimate goal. Now he's put over the national title. That's his way to get to the world title. Maybe you don't think I'm a world champion caliber, but I'm going to take that national title and prove to you um, world title, you know, uh, level talent. It's called laying out the roadmap, and that's exactly what you did. Point A, point B, point C, point C being the ultimate destination, the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, Danny. I mean, it was it was it was beautiful. I'm if I'm the NWA, I take that promo and I sit there and show it to the guys and go, "You need your version of this or whatever." Mims, when we were talking to Mims last week. What did Mims say? Take that world TV title, get my seven defenses in, challenge Tyrus for the world title. Yeah, that's that's you're you're right, and I, I guess that's something I didn't pick up on until you're bringing it up right now. But yeah, he he most certainly did, and 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 both of you guys are correct in that uh, you got to put over that ten pounds of gold. It's the most prestigious, beautiful looking belt in all of pro sports. And uh, you put that over because that's the grant. That's that's the king, and and uh, you know you, then you then you talk about your path to to greatness, however you get there, whether it be the junior heavyweight, not junior, the TV title or the national title, whatever it takes to get you into contention. Because once you're there, it's your destiny. Yeah, I like that. The ultimate goal, the big prize, is the world heavyweight championship. It's where the most money is. It's where the most prestige is. It's where you get the television time. It shouldn't be, well, now that you're a world champion, I'm going to go somewhere else and not care about the world title because you're a champion now. That's yeah. not that. Because that doesn't put over the world title. Everybody in the heavyweight division should want to be the world heavyweight champion. Everybody in the junior heavyweight division should want to be world junior heavyweight champion. Everybody in the tag team championship division should want to be the tag team champion. And all the women who want to be beat um, Camille for the women's championship saw about your damn luck. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on to the uh, tag team title match. Um, this was the, uh, oh, real quick, you know, I want to point out James H. Jackson says that for me, it's all about nine days till America's jawline. That dude, Jamie Stanley comes back to the NWA. If you guys have been watching on Twitter, Jamie Stanley has been doing a daily countdown to the uh, February 11th pay-per-view. Not sure where he stands. Uh, we haven't seen him in an NWA ring in quite some time, uh, but he's doing promos with Chris Silvio. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be part of some sort of new uh new stable new faction that's coming to the nwa with jacks and and bulletproof and uh, uh bulletproof troop and all that stuff but uh it it kind of looks exciting and at the very least i really do like uh uh jamie stanley as a wrestler i thought he was really good teaming with sam adonis or excuse me uh el rudo and hopefully we'll have some uh something good for him when he gets back to the nwa uh james h jackson says i hope they repackage his gimmick uh, yeah, I mean, I'm cool with him just being the what he was. I mean, he's he's a guy who's very arrogant, uh, very confident, and you know, let's see what he can do, uh, you know, as a singles competitor. Uh, but let's get to that U.S. Tag Title match. Uh, we've got the cunt, 
tree gentleman taking on the fixer. Um, interesting. So you're going to get demonetized there for a second. <laughs> yeah, uh, there was no intro for the fixers. Found that kind of interesting. Bully Ray got an intro music, so that, that's kind of weird. Uh, we don't typically hear uh, Jay Bradley and uh, Wrecking Ball Ligurski get booed. I mean, those days have been long gone ever since they ditched Colby Carino. Um, so it was unusual for the champs to hear to hear the chorus of booze. But again, we were in uh, deep, deep in uh, the Kazana country. The U.S. champions have held the title for 156 days and have had three title defenses, two of which were back-to-back uh, in New Orleans. So uh, it was a little disappointing that they didn't have a, a better run, but also, you know, the it seemed like the, with the NWA kind of shutting down towards the end of the year, and then jumping into the champion series, we didn't really get a lot of title matches anyway, which I think is a huge, huge uh, misstep for the NWA. Hopefully next year they don't fall into the same trap. Um, Can I say something? Yeah. If you don't have time for the championships, you don't need the championships. If you can't find time to do it, then it's not it's not necessary. I, I think <clears throat> I agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, if, they, if they do the championship series again which god i hope they don't because i did not drink the kool-aid and i did not enjoy this year's any more than i enjoyed the previous year uh hater yeah exactly uh they shouldn't be the whole show no i mean if they they want to do something like they did at the finale or whatever you know five on five or Basically, tag team, you know, the six man tag team war or six man team war, not tag team, because they don't tag. But, you know, if they want to do something like that with five on five or six on six or whatever, okay. But then they should probably sprinkle in some non champion series matches. That's what I mean. Yeah, put in some, put in some non, non series matches and, you know, especially with the TV title. I mean, that's your time to your your time to feature the TV title is on YouTube. Yeah, and so a YouTube episode should either be setting you up a challenger for the TV championship or defending the TV championship. I mean, basically. Well, James James disagrees with you. He says Champion Series is game changing. Good. I I liked it for the fact that. Crack. Sorry, James. <laughs> I, I I I hate to share that news about you but obviously you're on crack there's nothing good about it well let's let's, let's nothing good about it but then they've kind of tuned it into a large money in the bank type thing yeah where you know some people are trying to sneaky cash ins and those are always terrible those devalue championships it's a you know the only it works if you do it once like uh if you do it once like uh, Jack Stane did, that was the perfect use of a cash-in. Made perfect sense. But, I mean, I think he's the only one that cashed in one title. Jack's? Yeah. Did anyone else? Technically, uh, 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 Trevor did the first the first champion series. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. Because he, he – uh, so you had two people that managed to do it. The rest of them just failed miserably. Some of them didn't. Even, some of the cash ins didn't even make sense. And then you had the Velvet who gave it to Tim Storm who couldn't take it. 
So she gave it to Angelina Love, who lost it in a match to Chelsea Green, who had already had too many matches, you know, with Camille. I mean, yeah, with Camille. So it was I, – I didn't – I don't like the championship series, and I don't like – and I don't like that there's so many, and so most of them are going to fail, and you can't just do the same thing every year. James James kind of agrees. He says by the time they cash him in, we forgot who was cashing anyways. That's true too. Um, but let's get back to this tag team title match, right? Uh, like I said, there was no intro for the fixers. Uh, there it seemed like Wrecking Ball and Bradley were just off in this match. They 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 kept hitting miscues. I mean, uh, Bradley ended up eating a, a Ligurski armpit when they went for the uh, nasty size and and. Uh, you know, somehow they mixed mixed up their signals, and, and Wrecking Ball ended up hitting Bradley with that. Uh, there was that missed atomic drop, leg drop, you know, deal where uh, Brad, uh, Wrecking Ball had picked up Jay Bradley to drop him on to uh, I think it was Kazana, Kazana move. So, you know, uh, uh, Jay Bradley hit the mat, and he was getting frustrated. He was visibly getting frustrated, which is kind of interesting because if you look at the Jay Bradley of old before the fixers, he was a guy who was very, very angry. And that was a very fun Jay Bradley, too. He, it, it, he'd come out there hitting what he would call the boomstick, which was his lariat clothesline. And we got to see a few of those uh, on Tuesday night. But one thing that really kind of bothered me about about this match is every time every time I heard Joe Galley mention the Gazana family, I just felt like he was saying, yeah, this is, you know, we're going to give them the titles because, you know, look at what we got here. This is This is payment, you know, paid in full. I just felt very like, hey, don't mention it during this match. Talk about it, you know, post-show. Talk about it before the show. But, you know, you literally said, I want to give a special thanks to, you know, Joe Kazana for allowing us to do our show here in Knoxville. And, I mean, you're practically telling them why the AJ is going to win the tag titles right here. Um, it was a dead giveaway. Anyways, uh, Kazano gets the victory with a roll-up. It wasn't a real. It, it wasn't a bad match, but it felt very anticlimactic, despite the crowd being hot for it. What do you think, DK? I thought this is one of those cases where maybe some wrestling intelligence was going to work. Was at work. What I mean by that is that they didn't really have to do much because the crowd was going to love it. Yeah. And the crowd was going to love who won. And, I mean, look, Joe Galley could have done the lineup like this. Tonight we're going to have Otison versus Bully Bully Ray in a no-tables match. Uh, Country gentlemen are going to win the U.S. Tag Team Championship. We're going to do a contract signing. We'll have a match with a couple of ladies. I think Jay didn't pick that up. Did you pick it up, Jay, what I said? I guess I missed it. If at the beginning he was, he could have read through the card and he basically said, the way they were doing this match, he could have just said, uh, the country gentlemen are going to win the tag team. Tag yeah, team. I mean, yes. You know, just could have. That, that's basically what they did. And, uh, but so Jay, let me take you back. How's the crowd react when they won? Did the crowd react when the country How, how did won? they react? Oh, it was, it was like uh, the Von Erics in Texas. Okay. 
I hope the NWA learns how bad they fucked up in New Orleans. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't do well, You can say that. You can say, look, a little <laughs> bit isn't going to hurt. It's the lot of it that hurts. Yeah. I was Jim Cornette make money then. But anyway, I guess they beep occasionally. Uh, you know, think about the reaction we would have gotten in New Orleans with a world title change with their home thing. Yeah. That's one of the things that to this day I don't understand what crack was being smoked. I mean, it, you. I mean, people who huff paint have more intelligence. Than what is to, with you in the paint huffing today? Glue sniffing, paint huffing. What's but, going on? Jaden was the one that brought up sniffing glue. I, I'm bringing. It, it was a, it was a quote from Airplane. You should look it up. It's a fun movie. Yes. And don't call me Shirley. I exactly. So, oops. Just kidding. Anyway. Uh, you know what part that's from. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was a fine match. I don't know how much Anthony Andrews is the veteran of the thing. He's been wrestling for over 15 years. Doesn't not, look like it. Not overly impressive, unfortunately. Uh, maybe past his prime. He kind of looks like he would be somebody who's past his prime. But it didn't matter. That's not... Fans didn't care. Nope. That was their hometown. I mean, do they hold titles long? I don't know. I mean, the NWA, you hold the title for five months and not defend it, so, you know. <laughs> uh, Jaden, what did you think about the match? I'm sorry, DK, you finish. I, I didn't mean to cut No, that. I mean, I just... You know, it... It was what it was. It was there to pop the local crowd. To pop the local crowd. We needed new U.S. Tag Team Champions. Were they the best choice? Well, outside of Hawkeye, who should be winning the world titles. Uh, probably. I mean, they don't do anything to put over anybody. Especially tag teams. The NWA does not build. They don't know how to. Billy they break them up. <clears throat> yeah. But, I mean, Billy does not know how to build anyone to a world title. He obviously never had Legos or a LinkedIn log set. <laughs> Apparently not. So, I mean, yeah, it was what it was. What do you think, Jaden? It was fine for what it was. It was exactly what it was as the put over the country gentleman. My first time seeing them. Um, it was fine. But here's where I hope this delivers, because they can go one of two ways with it. Hold on one second. Oh, sorry, I had a cough. They can go one of two ways with it. The way I'm afraid they're going to go is now they're going to like break up the um, the fixers, because Billy hates tag teams. <laughs> but what I think they should do is the fixers become a serious ass tag team, and more like the um, Doc and Gordy or or. Um, DiBiase and Hanson or something like that line. You know, they should become a kick-ass, brutal, evil tag team that starts hurting people. Maybe even change the name of the Fixers because that gets them a, that connotation that they have and maybe like something else. And then just start beating up everybody and buy into that heel heat that they have right now and make people hate them. And then become a serious tag team, which I think they can because Jay Bradley's talented as, as heck. 
And um, Wrecking Ball can work really well too. I think they could be something they would. They would. I think the original intention maybe should have been. Well, the original intention I believe was they were thrown together because they just happened to be there and they got over. But um, that's that's they, very common in this NWA, by the way. Hey, you know what? Throwing glue against their spaghetti against the wall or whatever and see what sticks. Sure. Sometimes things stick. Well, you know, when they first came in, they were the more serious tag team. I mean, that's where the name Fixers came from. I think it they they, they were both like kind of fundamentally slow in the head, but they were still serious. It wasn't until the Crockett Cup when they got goofy, bringing out cereal as they're walking to the uh, aisle. You know what I mean? That's when right. well, they just had to make them a new day. But I mean, you remember they show. I don't even know that they were supposed to be in particularly slow. They were they were more like businessmen. Colby paid them money, and so they showed up to protect Colby. The NWA I, version of the APA—that's what it was. Right. Yeah, I mean, but, who who but was? Also had wrecking ball. Like, hey, boss, what do we do next? Fixers rule, you know. And it was just kind of that was over the top, and and, and wrecking but, ball was but, that way from the beginning. Yeah, I think that developed over time because you remember like. Who was it? One of the ill begotten, you know, brought them in for a six man tag and basically have them beat up whoever. That was our boy Rush Freeman. Yeah. And had them beat up whoever it was, you know, in the ring. And then they, you know, they paid him in the ring. You know, he gave them the money in the ring. They left and then pinned whoever was beaten up the most. And so the, their original gimmick, probably in the first set of tapings, you know, however many times they're out there in the first set of tapings, was more of a serious we're, you pay us money, we hurt people and that, you know, we're not here for titles, we're not here for whatever, we're here to hurt people. And then they kind of started doing the fixers rule and the goofiness and then, you know, they became kind of a bushwhackers, New Day, crossbreed, you know, it was serial and goofy and dumb. And, you know, Wrecking Ball was more dumb. Bradley was supposed to be the boss. Yeah, you know, the the one in charge. And, it, you know, and the fans kind of gravitated to them at that point. And so they turned them in face and then kind of removed them. And then they put the tag team belts on them and the rest is history, so to speak. But yeah, I mean, look, the NWA needs tag team challengers for La Rebellion. Who I don't remember the last time we saw them. It may have been at the in New Orleans. Because it's been a minute. Were they part of the championship series? Uh, yeah, they were co-cap captain and co-captain, but they they did not actually step into the ring. Right, and they kind of eliminated pretty quick, weren't they? Uh, yeah, I don't think they got past the second round. So, real quick, uh, Jay's looking something up. Do you know what the term the fixers is? No, it's a jersey. I mean, knowing this, but it's a mafia term. A fixer is somebody you call when you have a problem and you need it fixed. And they have their a jack of all trades either getting rid of somebody or getting rid of the remains of somebody or getting rid of something else, you know, some evidence. That's what the fixer does. You know what I'm saying? What about ex-wives? Asking for a friend. Yeah, why don't you ask Vinny? I'm sure he uh he fly him out to California. 
yeah. All right, what news did I miss? What do you what, what do you mean? Dave Scooby says gonna miss Colby in the NWA. Oh, just because he declared free agency at the end of the year. And oh. he's most likely going to the I think he's already actually at the WWE developmental. Yeah, a lot of a lot of speculation he'll be in the WWE. Um there was the contracts there was a contract signing between Tyrus and Matt Cardona. Hated uh, it. They look, you're not gonna convince me Tyrus is a good wrestler, but I am totally convinced he's a good worker. He comes out there all business. He can sell you on that. You could he could sell you on Tyrus. I know that when that match happens, I'm not going to be impressed. But his promos, his ability to be just, hey, I don't care. Give me the match. I didn't beat you, Cardona. I need to beat you to prove that I'm the best. So I'm going to beat you, Cardona. Let's sign the contract. I felt like it was really a good look for the world's heavyweight champion. It was a good look for Tyrus. He was not scared. He wasn't a chicken shit. He was there saying, hey, look, I'm ready. Let's go. And Cardona was the one that was like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I want to do a death match because I'm the death match king. Um, it, it, I, I would have rather had a, a match, a definitive match scheduled for uh, enough said, but I guess, you know, the pay-per-view already sold out, so it doesn't really matter. But um, Cardona seems a little bit intimidated. Cheese calls him a bitch. And then they end up deciding that they're going to have a six-man tag to determine what kind of match it'll be next week on Power. Uh, I thought this was a good match. Uh, this was a good look for Tyrus. Cardona, on the other hand, looked like a chicken shit. TK, uh, what what did you think? All right, this is my issue with the whole segment. I mean, sure, they both played their roles great. I'm not a Tyrus fan. No, he can talk. We said he can talk. He can cut the promo. No, I don't care. He still <laughs> should be world champion. Sure. Uh, I know yesterday on the other Alliance guy, somebody said, said something to the effect of, you know, with his billing, with the way he's talking, it's hard to dislike him or whatever. No, I, I have no problem disliking him. That was but, me. I said that. That was you? Yep. Well, you were wrong. And <laughs> I, I have no problem disliking him because what I care about is what's going to happen in the ring. Now, look, him and Murdoch, you know, the first time they met, I said, like, oh, they put on a match far better than either one of them had a right to put on. Yeah. And great. The three-way I was there live for wasn't overly impressive to me live. Uh, and then, of course, I groaned. I groaned a lot that night. Kerry Morton won the junior heavyweight title. Ugh. And no, I, I know he's spending the title everywhere, guys, and I, that's a good thing. But he still doesn't. He's still just not overly talented. And let's be honest, he's getting booked a lot of places because dad goes with him. And, you know, that's poor-ass excuse to uh, put a title on somebody. It's almost as bad as saying, as saying here, we're going to put a title on you because you show up on TV on a box. <laughs> and, and, you know, we said before, okay, he's on Fox with the 12 pounds of gold. Not going to bring in anybody who didn't wasn't interested when he had the TV belt. Well, it, you say that, but then we look and and it's sold out. The pay-per-view it sold, sold out. Someone said it was like three, it was under 
399 tickets or whatever, 399 tickets would have sold out New Orleans. I mean, NWA has a history of putting on good pay-per-views. Yeah. I mean, if, you know, if I'm going to look at it, most of their pay-per-views are good. I can only think of two off the top of my head I didn't particularly care for. And one of them was because they got, they kind of got cheated by COVID and not being allowed to have more than 50 people in the Atlanta studio. And that lack of people really hurt the pay-per-view in my eyes. I think it was just hard for the crowd to get the noise and the excitement level and it looked like an episode of Power. But anyway, so yeah, they sold out. I bet they could put on a say their next pay-per-view is going to be in three weeks and I don't know, name another hot Texas, I mean, hot NWA city of the past and go, we're going to sell 400 tickets and here you go. And they could probably sell that one out before the show. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, at the end of the day, you sold $40 ringside tickets, $30 floor tickets and $20 general admission tickets. And I don't know what the combination of 400 of those tickets added up to, but I mean, that's a payday. They, that's a win. Any way you want to look at it, 400 people is still 400 people. And, 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 hey, and hopefully they make money and hopefully it covers the cost of the TV takings. Yeah. Well, but it's, I mean, look, it's, you know, and I know that, you know, through various tricks, you can, you can draw a thousand people. Yeah. Well, look, and, and, and I hope it's and, not, uh, I'm not advocating for, for and, and, and I'll say, I don't know that Tyrus and Cardona are what's selling out the pay per view. It could be the NWA being in Tampa, period. It's an underserved market. Uh, you know, Florida is ripe with wrestling, but how much of it's coming out of Tampa? You know, um, I don't know. These are questions that I don't have answers to. Um, but anyway, my, my, look, my point to it is nobody's convinced me yet Tyrus is the right choice for champion. He is champion. Did he good, do a good job of the contract signing? Yes. So now we have Matt Cardona. Matt Cardona is going to be more of the chicken shit heel. That's kind of going to be his role now instead of super indie belt collector or whatever. Or indie. He wasn't even a super indie belt collector. He was an indie belt collector. And, uh, you know, will it work? Does it work? Is he going back to WWE? I don't know. Do I want to see the title back on him? No, not really. I'm not. So I'm not really interested in this match. Uh, but apparently he's decided to take over the Nick Aldis role of things have to be complicated. So, yeah. you know, we want a stipulation. The two men have never faced each other one-on-one. One-on-one. Three-way, yeah. And uh, Tyrus pinned uh, Murdoch. Okay, great. So they've never faced each other. One on one, they've never had a singles match for the world championship, but we need stipulations, yeah, because they've sold out. But we need, and they know they sold out, this was live, so this isn't oh, it was recorded beforehand, and they didn't know, you know, whether they'd sell out or not. No, they sold out earlier in the week. By the time this thing came up, they knew they were sold out, they need a stipulation. 
And how are we going to get a stipulation? Because he wants this stipulation, or wants that stipulation, or whatever. we need a six-man match. We'll have because again, Nick Aldis, Nick Aldis loves six-man matches for somebody to earn their world championship or decide what if there was going to be a you know stipulation or whatever. So Nick Aldis, you're still here in spirit, brother. Oh, maybe those this all this time was that really uh, it was really just the booking. It was really just. Well, I'm pretty sure the booking was a large portion of it. Jaden, I know that you saw this. What did you think of the contract signing? It was stupid. Why does it need to be a uh, a hardcore ultra violent death match thing? Maybe, maybe I'm missing. Maybe I forget if uh, Brodus Clay and Zack Ryder had a huge feud in the WWE and it's personal now. Maybe I'm missing that. But honestly, there's no reason. It's stupid. Um, I also didn't like the fact that they brought in what was the guy's name? The big guy with the beard. Knox. Yeah, because it made Brodus look small. That's a good point. That's if you point. wanted the visual right there with the bodyguard or something like that, you need a good, huge, hot baby face, especially smaller if possible. Dusty was still technically smaller height-wise than Big Bubba. You need to have that dynamic. There is no real baby face in this match. There's nobody really to cheer for. There's no real importance to this match. There's no reason it needs to be a ultraviolet death match. Stupid all the way around. Next. Real quick, uh, because you asked uh, DKM, uh, yeah, Tyrus and uh, or Brodus Clay and Zack Ryder actually uh, uh, teamed together for quite a bit in 2012 and 2013 on house shows uh, and then had a couple of matches against each other on house shows in 2013. Most of the time that they saw each other in opposite sides of the ring uh, was during a, uh, you know, battle royals or, yeah, battle royals, Royal Rumble, that sort of thing. So uh, they did have a few matches against each other. They they were in the ring together, but uh, no, uh, they, they didn't have some sort of blood feud. Uh, next up, we get Kenzie Page. A very different looking Kenzie Page taking on Charlotte Renegade. Now, this is the first time that Kenzie and Charlotte have faced off one-on-one at Ladies' Night, the uh, 13, pretty empowered face the Renegade Twins. Uh, and Charlotte and Robin, the Renegade Twins, Faced off against Ella Envy and Roxy, you know, the other pretty empowered uh, on the Christmas episode of uh, NWA Power. Uh, in this match, Charlotte is the aggressor. She's coming out looking for a big victory. Obviously, a win here might set her and her sister up for a shot at Ella Envy and Kenzie Page. I feel like they're building towards this for the pay-per-view on February the 11th. Um, both these girls are in their early 20s. And both of them are working very, very well. In fact, I feel like these two worked better than some of the other wrestlers we saw on the show. Um, it, it was a, a very back and forth, but a very simple match. It's very basic, and that's okay. Matches don't have to be overly complicated to tell a story. Uh, but, and this is where it gets a little silly, after connecting with a super kick, which would have probably ended most matches, uh, Kenzie Page goes outside to grab the women's championship like she's going to hit uh, uh, Charlotte with that belt. And then instead, the referee gets involved where we see Kenzie pull out some sort of aroma spray, maybe hairspray. I don't know. Uh, that that uh, blind Charlotte, she gets the roll-up pin, one, two, three. 
Uh, a quick match, but it did a little bit of storytelling. Jaden, what did you think of that one? It was okay. It was a good match. I like the energy of it. Yeah. Uh, I have a, I never understood how a singles match leads to a tag match for a tag championship. You know, does yeah. they? Does that guy never understood why six man match leads to a world championship match? <laughs> but it's bad booking, in my opinion. I understand having two tag teams wrestle each other in a singles match, and then having the other one later on the next week or something like that. They've done that multiple times. But it doesn't lead to a tag team title match. Never should, never has in the past. It's stupid. Well, has, but it's for a smart wrestling promotion that never has. It's stupid. And again, I didn't like that. Kenzie did look a little different. I wasn't able to place it. Why? Uh, the pink was gone. She's really worked on her look. Like she's lost a lot of weight. Her fitness has been like awesome. And she looks great. DK, what did you think about this match? I thought it was good for what it was, which is kind of the theme of the night. But, but it was a solid show. It wasn't a great show. It was certainly far from a bad show, with one major exception. Uh, you know, it was, a, it was a nice little entertaining match between them. Uh, apparently, uh, Kenzie Page has gone from being an airhead to a goth. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. a bad thing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if Ella Envy is going to follow in that role or not. Uh, maybe not because, you know, again, Billy loves to split up tag teams. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it was good. It was good to see the Renegade twin. It was good to see See Kenzie. Uh, I don't know that they needed to do the, the spray in the eyes, but you know, okay, gives gives Renegade a uh, a way out. Makes it personal. Uh, you know, the baby face got screwed, and you know, it's not I'm, that's not bad in wrestling. And so, uh, yeah. Uh, like to see the Renegades win the tag team title and, you know, maybe do a little bit more like the Hex did and take them around to various indie promos and whatever and, and defend. Because it seems like the Renegades are kind of popular at the moment. So, I mean, from what I can tell, I, I don't follow them real closely. But well, I know that they were the Mission Pro Tag Team Champions for a while before losing the belts to Maddie Renkowski and her tag team partner. And so, and it seems like there was somebody. I mean, I've heard people talk about them in different promotions, you know, in different parts. So that they seem to be getting a little bit well known. They showed up in AEW for uh, they took on Tony Storm and Sayara. Uh, I can't say that lady's name. Anyways, uh, thank, yeah, formerly known as Paige. Thankfully, in lieu of another Are you talking about Soraya? Soraya. Soraya. Yeah. I'll get it wrong next week. Uh, thankfully, in lieu of a commercial, we get Tom and Camille at the podium. Did anyone else feel like the show was very commercial heavy? If you didn't watch it live and watch the, uh, the, the on-demand version, man, I felt like I hit a commercial every five to ten minutes. Uh, anyways, we're at the podium with Kyle Davis who is, uh, they're talking about how uh, 
psycho love didn't make the show that their flight must have been canceled and and how they're cowards for not showing up this that and the other just so fodder and angelina love could sneak attack the true power couple of the nwa camille and tom uh using a kendo stick we don't see kendo sticks very often in the nwa in fact i think this might be the first time in the lightning one area we've seen a kendo stick um, I guess this is just setting up an angle for the pay-per-view, but you know, fodder who is, you know, a lot of people assume is a junior heavyweight considering he'll be wrestling against the junior heavyweight champion, uh, this June, uh, was really kind of putting the boots to Tom Latimer, uh, you know, uh, uh, Angelina love who's, who's all of about 60 pounds dripping wet, uh, just was manhandling Camille in ways that I've never seen before. I, I was just kind of taken aback by how this, uh, you know, the, a couple who should not have been able to maneuver and manipulate this, this uh, Herculean style tag team of Latimer and, and Camille uh, just really worked them over. Uh, Jade, what did you think of this segment? What did you think of the uh, sneak attack? First of all, Jay, if you want to watch a woman, Manhandle a woman in a way you've never seen before. I'll send you a few videos. Oh, shit. Good night, everybody. <laughs> um, you know what? Angelina Love was a good wrestler when she was part of the Beautiful People and her Impact Wrestling days and stuff like that. That was a while ago. Um, I don't, I'm not excited to see Angelina Love versus. Camille, the same reason I was never excited to see the big show versus Rey Mysterio. Um, it just doesn't work for me. And it's just the same reason I'm not excited for anybody against uh, Marco Stunt, you know? Yeah, I get that. I think Jimmy Clydesdale was bigger than Marco Stunt. Uh, in peace, Jimmy. Yes, the, ulti- the, the ultimate stud, the one-eighth wonder of the world. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I just, it was dumb. I just hated it. It was, I, I guess I didn't hate it. It just, there could have been somebody better put in that position. All right. Have either of you ever been hit with a, a kendo stick or a shanai, as it's really called? Uh, no. They, those ones don't hurt. They sting. They sting really bad and can leave a big mark and can even make you bleed. But they're not the kind that's going to put damage to you and knock you out and make you, um, you know, like it's not like getting hit with a baseball bat or a two by four. Now, the real ones they use for kendo that can really seriously hurt because it's made out of much harder, thicker pieces of wood. But the ones that they use there, they're more a training tool because they're meant to hurt. Gotcha. Okay. That way, if it hits you where you're supposed to, instead of slicing your hand off to train with a sword, it would just you would get hit in that hand or hit in that arm and it would hurt really bad and you learn to defend yourself. It wasn't going to knock anybody out. So DK, that's dumb that they would use that as a weapon like that. Sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, DK, what did you think of that, the whole segment? Last week I complained that there's just no interest in it. Yeah. I mean, nothing about it that makes it interesting. Okay. Credit to the NWA. They did something to try and make it interesting. All right. I mean, we said who cared. So they tried to give us reason to care. I will give them credit for that. The problem is, as Jaden pointed out, I still have no interest in seeing Camille versus Angelina Love. Yeah. I still don't really have any interest in seeing Tom Latimer versus 
fodder. Fodder for what? Psycho fodder. Psycho fodder. Psycho fodder. Sorry, we're two different songs. It's still funny, both of you. Yeah. So, anyway, back to where, whatever we're Maybe it was, it was Angelina Love versus, like, a smaller wrestler. I, you know, I could buy that. I just don't buy her versus Camille. But, see, that's the thing. Like, half the roster is bigger than Angelina Love. Like, you know, I, I think about who could she face. It's not Allison Kay. It's not Ty Valkyrie. It's Kenzie not Page. <laughs> She's bigger than Kenzie Page. There you go. There You win. Maybe not a lot, but anyway, look, again, credit for what they tried to do, just, they're not going to get me excited over this. I want to see Tom Latimer being built for the world champ. I want to see people being built for championships. Agreed. I mean, that's what I want to see. I want stories or blood feuds, one of the two. You know, I hate you and your mother. <laughs> you know, something. Did that come from fodder? Exactly. F- fodder, fodder hates somebody in the mother. So anyway. All right. Did they go to the mother museum? Exactly. And uh, so I want Latimer being built as a world title contender. I mean, you don't have to put the world title on him if you don't want to put the world title on him because of his past issues or whatever. Doesn't mean you can't build him to be a, you know, as a world champion contender, somebody who I want to see wrestle for the world title, however you want to do it. But it's just, I have no interest in this. I don't want to see these matches. I don't want to. See mixed tag matches. I've never been overly big fan of them unless, you know, done like back in the day where you had Jimmy Garvin and Chris Adams with Precious and Sunshine, where you just wanted to see Sunshine, you know, beat up Precious. But I mean, just in general, because I got, you know, you know, I didn't care about John Cena and whichever Bella he was knocking boots with and uh and uh Miz and Maurice. I mean I don't care. <laughs> and, All right. Yeah. Well, but yeah, that, I mean that's 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 the segment, right? They did yeah. something to try and make us care for for me and you know just me here, it didn't work. What's the bigger sin? Not trying to get something over or trying and failing. What what do you what do you see as the bigger sin? Me the problem is not trying. If they were not trying to get something over, it means it shouldn't have been happening anyway. Yeah. And if they try and fail, at least it's an attempt. But sometimes the failure can make it worse. So it is kind of a harder decision on that one. I mean, for me, not trying is worse. They're putting forth an effort. There might be casual fans out there who are more, oh, this is interesting. You know, you know, I, I want to, I don't ever claim to speak for anybody. I only claim to speak for myself. And, uh, you know, I, I think not trying 
especially in this case, not trying would have been a lot worse. If they just put them out there in a tag match together, I mean, I probably would have gone and used the restroom whether I had to or not. Yeah, but see, they could at least Camille and, and, and Latimer could have just squashed them. And then squash them hard, squash them bad, and then cut a great promo. That could have at least been done if there was no built up. I mean, it, it, honestly, then why have the match? I know what you're thinking, but at least they could look dominant. And honestly, here's something I'm going to say, and this might be controversial. I think Camille drags down Latimer. Latimer. Because everybody knows they're together, and they're a power couple, and they're putting their feuds with each other, and they're teaming with each other. Latimer should be having all the focus on him because Camille takes that focus away. Uh, you know, so if they really want to build up Latimer, he should be by himself and be his own man and not need his wife to carry his balls for him. You know, there's some truth to that, man. Because, I mean, even that promo beforehand, like, you know, he he wasn't the Tom of the old grunting and screaming. He was trying to be relatable. And it was just like, who are you? By the way, did you notice that he kind of gave away that the attack was coming? Did you look over his shoulder? Uh, he kept looking back like he was trying to figure out when exactly they were going to come so he could be surprised. So I, I, I noticed that he was looking back and I was kind of like, something's up. I didn't know it would be that. I thought somebody else might come out. Let's get to the genuine main event of the night. Um, this the was a very indie-rific match, and I kind of mean that in a good way. Uh, if you ever watch most indie wrestling shows in the main event or any, like any hot match, you'll get that finish where everyone hits their finish and pose and hit their finish and pose, and eventually someone gets the one, two, three count. That's what this felt like to me. It felt very quick, maybe even too fast. Um, I don't feel like there was a lot of gravitas with each win or loss. It just felt like, okay, go, okay, go, okay, go. And, and like, for what? For the wedding? We, we cut time to make room for the wedding? Like, geez, Louise. Anyways, uh, the action starts with the women. Uh, before the bell even rings, the, all three women on both sides are going at it. Six women, I guess. Uh, and, and they're just beating the crap out of each other before the, before the match even starts. Finally, they get both sides to calm down. We get La Rosa Negra and Allison K to start things off. They put over how much Allison Kay uh, is a former world's champion and how important she's to their brand and this, that, and the other. And then uh, that advantage doesn't last very long uh, because she's tapping out to La Rosa Negra very, very quickly, which I guess is good if you're going to build La Rosa Negra up for a title shot down the road. You need to get some solid victories for her, but this just felt weird. I'm going to just go through the whole match, and we'll talk about it when I get done. Uh, Robin Renegade enters next she's an alternate um it doesn't take long for her to get la rosa negra to tap out so we've already seen two eliminations via the submission which is kind of weird in this type of match you would think like you know the last thing you would think is a submission of what's going to end a match uh of this uh of this nature then maddie enters next and the whole time the winner is calling out who they want to face which Again, you know, we talked about the captains. We're going to be brainstorming who's going to go in next. We didn't get that. We just got, I want you, brother. And that person would jump in the ring. Maddie enters next. And now this is kind of a continuation of a Mission Pro storyline where Maddie and Robin have, uh, you know, have traded a lot of blows inside of a Mission Pro ring. This is the first time we've seen them in the NWA ring. Uh, and uh, Maddie connects with a kick, gets the victory. Maddie calls out Samantha Starr. 
Start ends the match with that DDT, you know, that famous Roberts DDT. Uh, that leads to Star and Taya Valkyrie. Taya just beats the crap out of uh, Samantha Star. You get the real La Vera Loca there. Uh, she just makes very quick work of Star. Then Taya calls out Carnage of Blunt Force Trauma, and EC3 gets on the ring apron. Now, this is the first time we've seen any kind of uh, ring psychology here. Like, well, who is she going to face? She's calling out Carnage. They're going to send in EC3. And instead, Carnage gets in and quickly eliminates Taya with an over-the-top elimination. Because, again, in tag team war, you can be eliminated by an over-the-rope uh, elimination uh, battle royal style. Uh, so then after Carnage gets eliminated, excuse me, after um, Taya gets eliminated, Carnage calls out Adonis, who Adonis makes quick work of Carnage. He then gets eliminated. So Adonis is now waiting in the ring for Trevor Murdoch. Now, we know... From uh, years past, Trevor Murdoch and Adonis uh, feuded over the national championship. So this one, I was really looking forward to, and I thought, all right, now we're gonna now we're gonna settle in and get some wrestling. Nope, still balls to the wall, still uh, you know gas pedal to the floor. They go at it, and uh, you know again, Adonis outsmarts Trevor Murdoch for the like thirtieth time by eliminating him by throwing him over the top. This pisses off Murdoch. He grabs Adonis out. He beats the crap out of him outside of the ring. Uh, by the time Adonis gets back in the ring, Thrillbilly's waiting for him, hits him with his uh, his uh, thrill ride, one, two, three. Very impressive thrill ride on a guy like Adonis, who's a you know bigger athlete. Uh, next, uh, Alex Taylor jumps in and looks really good right away against the Thrillbilly. However, he is not long for this world, and a thrill ride ends his uh, hopes and dreams in this match. And that leaves us with Dax Draper as the last man in the rock and roll uh, who has to take on not only Thrillbilly, but also e EC3. Uh, Dax Draper, this was a great moment for him. Like, of course, he looked really good during the North American, or excuse me, the national title tournament, going undefeated in the tournament until the finals, losing to Scion. Uh, but it was a great match nonetheless. Uh, and then we, so we get uh, Draper in the ring, last man standing. Thrillbilly gets in there to hit that, uh, that uh, throw ride. It's about Draper reverses it and gets into a roll-up. One, two, three. Now we've got the finals of EC3 and Dax. This, uh, I, I kind of wish this match would have slowed down a lot more than it did. It did slow down a bit, but this match should have gone in like five or ten minutes. These two in the ring, we didn't get that. It was just force, force, forced, fast, fast, fast. And, uh, you know, you had EC3 on the verge of victory. It looked like he was about to hit a powerbomb. And then Draper, again, with a roll-up, got the pinfall, one, two, three. That should have been it. That would have been a great highlight of the night, uh, but that wasn't the case. Uh, DKM, I'll ask your opinion first. What did you think of this match? What did you think of the finale of the Champion Series? I guess it was done as best as they could do it, if that makes any sense. No, that, that makes sense. I, I get mean, what you're saying. If this is the thing you're going to do, I guess is the way this thing has to be done. I mean, my, my issue with things like this is like, you know, Chris Adonis was the first person to beat two people. Yeah. And everything else is just trade back and forth between the teams. This team won, then that team won, then this team won, then that team won, then this team won, then that team won. And so the final three people each eliminated two. So nobody eliminated more than two people. And 
I mean, good for Draper for getting the win. Bad for the NWA for uh, rushing this match. That got off a wedding. Yeah, for I, I don't know which one was longer as far as time took. I know which one seemed longer. <laughs> I, I know which, and I didn't even. We'll get to the wedding, but you know, spoiler alert. I didn't just sit and watch it. I was actually once the team war was over, I kind of got up and started doing some other things, and it was just on. And we so, call that night drinking. Yeah. And so it was, uh, as it was on, you know, I would check every now and again. I, I was just trying to figure out what was going to, you know, break the wedding up and leave it to them to do it the stupidest way possible, too. <laughs> but uh, back back to this. I mean, I don't know if there's a good way to do this. I mean, I said, you know, I complained because it was like every other, you know, it was back and forth. I'd probably complain if this team, you know, eliminated the first five and then, you know, the next five got eliminated or whatever. You know, sure. I just don't know that there's a good way to do this. And so for what they were doing, for the type of match it was, the only legitimate criticism I can lay against it is it was too short, which caused it to be too fast when we could have had some interesting hookups. They've done something storyline-wise. I noticed that there was a clip where they were asking EC3 if he lost on purpose, which I don't get what what the thing for that is, what they're trying to do there. Controlling I, his own narrative, I guess. I Well, I mean... And it didn't even seem that way when he actually lost. The only thing that came, this was my going to be my main criticism, but now that they started the storyline, I don't know, maybe it's part of the storyline, was that he kept trying to eliminate Draper by throwing him over the top rope, but he never, like, enthusiastically threw him over the top rope. In fact, he did something that some people really hate, which is he did those kind of head pushes. You know, grab him by the back of the head or neck and kind of, oh, there you go. And, you know, Draper had to hop over on his own. There was nothing convincing about him. And so, and then he would just like turn and look. Did he go and try and knock him off the thing? Not really. You know, and it was, it, it was weird. EC3, and some of this might be him too. I don't know, but it's just weird booking, weird storyline thing. What is he? What's he trying to do? Control your narrative, blah, blah, blah. A phrase that I'm coming to hate more and more every time I hear it. It's just, you know, dude, wrestle. <laughs> yeah. Get in the ring, put on a wrestling match. I don't give a, you know, a lot of beeping about you controlling your narrative or whatever. By the way, are him and Vladimir done, I guess? Uh, it's like, yeah, I just don't think they're they're even going to bother anymore at this point. <laughs> I mean, I guess Vladimir won, but he won by doing what, what's his name, by doing what EC3 wanted him to do, or, or I, I don't know. So, if, if you take out that isolated, what the hell are they doing with EC3 
yeah, it was as good. It was as good as this was going to be. Right. Jaden, the body. I think while it was too fast, I agree. And it was at a lightning pace and it's booked as a scramble match with over the top rules. And then something I never again liked. It's kind of like multi-man matches where uh, they go about 30 minutes and then the, all the eliminations happen in the next three, the next two. I just hate that too. And that's why I hate it about this. Um, I, what I do like is I think Sam Adonis started getting a little over and I think that was nice. I think Chris Adonis, Chris Adonis, sorry, Chris Adonis. You got me saying it now. And then um, I also like Dak, Dra- Dak with a K, not with an X, Dak Draper. And I think he looked good and he's a star in the making. And um, who else also looked really good? Somebody else looked really good in this match too, and I forget. But, and also, you know, I always love Little Rosa Negra. Uh, the Black Rose is one of my favorite wrestlers. I've known her. She used to work in Valkyrie when I was part of Valkyrie. And she's very, very, very talented. It's weird seeing her as a baby face. Yeah. She, but um, it's still, I like her, always have. She's a sweetheart. Uh, but I, I, it, they had some wrestlers that got over. Some good stuff happened that just didn't happen well enough. That's basically my synopsis of that. I, I will give them credit for one thing here, and that is the other one I got over. The situation. But that was instead of doing any type of intergender wrestling, they took care of that easily and quickly. Yeah, well, and then... I, I was sad that Mims didn't last longer. I mean, I would have rather he won, but if they weren't gonna, if he wasn't gonna win, you know, give him four or five minutes. You know, not two. <laughs> he didn't get very much. Time. Nobody did. Nobody did, and but I felt it more on Mims than I did the others. Well, look, let's be honest. They needed time for the wedding. You're going to make us talk about that, aren't you? We're, we're just going to spend a very few time talking about this, obviously. It sucked. It, it, yes. And Stifler's mom showed up. That's all you need to know. I, I like Natalia Markova. I think she's an excellent wrestler, despite what our friend says here. Uh, she was she's... funny on Two Broke Girls, and she was good and legally blonde. And I liked her in that um, that uh, uh, Land of a Thousand Corpses or House of a Thousand Corpses movie, Rob Zombie, Rob Zombie movie. But I didn't like her here. Uh, whoever wrote this script, uh, she needs to fire her agent. You know, well, get, get out of the NWA and go back to Hollywood. Well, look at it this way, right? Look at it this way. Uh, Lagana would have written a better script here. You know, this would have been, if you're going to do some, you know, something like this, you better have a decent writer there. Uh, Santimo was not as funny as I remember, but I never really liked Santimo anyways. Santino, I get it. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, the the stipulation that, uh, oh, you can't get married because you're not a citizen and this is only for citizens. I, I've been married twice. I don't recall having to have a, a, uh, a different uh, marriage certificate in order to get married. And usually you don't bring the certificate. It's something that you uh, have signed after the, after the ceremony's over and you could still have the ceremony and nobody ever even signed the certificate. The whole point of it was stupid. Uh, it was a waste of time. I don't know what story you were trying to tell here. I don't know where you go forward from this. Does that make may now? Is she going to be a manager and have a tag team to go against? 
uh, Blunt Force Trauma and Aaron Stevens? Is she going to partner up with a question mark? Are her and Sour and Aro going to get back together? Are her and Royce Isaacs going to get back together? Who knows? But better Who, gives a Who cares? I don't care. Um, DK, your, your expert opinion. Well, here's the best thing I'll say about the wedding. They put it on at the end. You didn't have to watch it if you didn't want to. How does this get the casual fan that Billy says he wants? How does this get anybody? Who who turned in, watched the wrestling, which was good enough for a show. I mean, you know, it wasn't great, but it wasn't a pay-per-view. It was a live show. It, it's good enough. It brought interest. Who tuned in for the wedding? Who sat there and said, I don't care about no wrestling, but I want to see that wedding take place. Why do you sound like Poyo when you do that? Uh, you know, I've never seen DK and Poyo in the same place at the same time. <laughs> you never have. Uh, you notice I tend to type just before she uh, before she sends stuff. So, that's anyway. actually, yeah, that's why he can't finish the sentence. He's too busy typing everything out. <laughs> So, uh, look, actually, I'm trying to be somebody from King of the Hill. So, Dave, Dave Scooby says the only thing I liked about the wedding was blunt force trauma as groomsmen with the carnations taped to their chest. I thought that was clever. Well, the hat. Uh, my favorite part of the wedding was perhaps maybe, uh, Wait, there was a favorite, yeah. Allison, Allison, when it was Kay over, Allison K in the back with her phone recording it all because she's always at the wedding where things go wrong. I think she was there at Chelsea Green's wedding where she became the hot mess, right? So, uh, uh, but but other than that, yeah, this is this isn't going to attract casual fans. This isn't going to do anything for anybody. Like again, where does this leave May in the future? Like, if they just don't ever bring it up again, it's still awkward as. Well, and and the next thing is, why did she freak out so much over a mistake on a? On a marriage license to begin with. Well, you know, I mean, like you said, you can have the show. You can go get the freaking marriage license and go get a civil, quick civil wedding at the courthouse. You've since you've already had your big ceremony. DK, um, you've been married. You know how women are. You know how those broads get. <laughs> some truth to that. My biggest. <laughs> anyway, not going there. Uh, look. It was bad. We knew it was going to be bad. Every wedding angle, especially a wedding angle with people who you know aren't getting married in real life, is bad. There's never been a good one. One has never come off when we said, oh, that just pulled everything. See where all, Nobody cares where this all leads to, James. <laughs> that's, that's the whole deal. Nobody cares. Because the I hope bad. I hope it leads to a wood chipper. <laughs> in in James' defense, I think he's playing devil's advocate here. I don't really think he cares either. Uh, I think he's being sarcastic. But... Yes, yeah, I hope because there's uh, any seeds that were planted are weeds. Yeah, that's uh, someone. Was I think on somebody's weed. smoking weed. That's the problem. <laughs> Or maybe they should have been smoking weed if they weren't. Something. I mean, whatever they were doing, they should have done the opposite. I mean, it was a bad idea. I don't understand why. 
I don't understand what happened. I, I mean, I don't know what was in Billy's head. You Probably know, he weed. Talks, he talks about wanting to go for the casual fan. Again, you're not going to get the casual fan. There are not casual fans. You're not going to out WWE. You know, you're not going to out WWE, WWE. You're not going to out AEW, AEW. So don't try. Well, somebody who wants to watch this is already watching E! True Hollywood Story or, you know, the Bellas or something like that. They're not watching this show. You know, they're not on YouTube at 6.05 on a Tuesday night watching wrestling, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but let's wrap, let's wrap this like up. Maybe, like maybe if your wife had seen it, she would have liked it. No. No, no I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I remember one time she liked something that, you know, but it's like, it's not something, it's not going to make her watch wrestling. No, my wife liked the Jackass segment with Jackass and, and Sami Zayn, but that's because she likes Jackass, you know. Exactly. That's why she married you. Anyhow, yeah, I mean, there's there's no excuse for this, none. And any and you know, yeah, there's maybe a stroke. That'd be a good excuse. There's nothing I'm to stroke sure. for. I, I think person who had a stroke would have come up with something better. Magic mushrooms. Well, actually, now that I know about, um, I know about some of the stuff in rock and roll from the sixties and seventies. They came up with a lot of good stuff on mushrooms. So probably not. Probably not. Well, so, that didn't make sense. But if you think about it, it, didn't really make sense either. Then it just had a good rhythm. Let's, maybe we were meant to have taken magic mushrooms before we watched. So I heard there's a, a Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiator private event coming soon to uh, Rowan University. Yes, private for Rowan University students only. So guess what? You ain't going, peeps. But uh, yeah, it's for Rowan University. There's going to be the fixer, half of the fixers, I should say, Reckonball Ligurski. He's going to be uh, he's going to be there. I found out actually. Vinny the Fixer asked him to be there. I wonder if there's some re relation. Maybe yeah. that's why Vinny and Patch get along so well. He likes goofy people. <laughs> Maybe. Sorry. That got me. That made me laugh. Uh, you're going to see Christina Marie, the awesome women wrestler. Doesn't look like um, Stifler's mom. You're going to see... <laughs> what was that face? Stifler's mom has got it going on. Yeah, uh-huh. I think that was Stacy's. Oh yeah, yeah. Stacy's mom. And Stacy's mom had a way more going on. May's Playboy issue. Oh yeah, it was announced that May is going to be the centerfold of Playboy, which surprised me because I thought I thought Playboy was uh, no longer uh, a print magazine. I don't even know what the hell Playboy is these days. It's a digital magazine now, so that's actually what's going on. Um, All right, there you go. Okay. You got to pay. But for anyway, that. back to Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators. Back to something actually important. You're going to see Matt Cross taking on WWGP Heavyweight Championship. They're going for the WWE Heavyweight Championship against Chris Steeler. You're going to see uh, the Busky, Busky Eric Martin make against sure Justin Adams. In, make sure he has shirts in 2X in the March show, by the way. Thank you. Well, I can't because I don't have shows. I have events. Oh, damn it. Yay. And don't forget, March 25th, Max Fit Sports Center, 240 Delta Drive South. It beautiful. Uptown. Rustic. Glassboro, New Jersey. I did that one for Bubba Ray. Um, you're going to see 
Eric Martin sign, Chris Dealer sign with both of them hold their championships. You'll be seeing that defended. Same thing for Patch and Vinny, the Vinny, the fixer, the true fixer of professional wrestling, the old school empire. You're going to see great wrestling action. And it's the unofficial meeting of the Alliance guys, which is why EK said he doesn't want to be there because he doesn't like any of you other people. He's met some of them. Yeah, um, that's why he doesn't like them. Well, uh, yeah. Well, maybe they don't like me either direction. DKM, how can they follow you on the socials? At DKMFWTX, probably for everything. Don't annoy me. Yeah, don't annoy him. Uh, make sure you go to dogprowrestling.com. Uh, all their socials are right there because uh, Jane doesn't know him because Jane doesn't have social media. Uh, you can follow me at the Alliance blog. All of the wrestling we do, uh, coverage and media and all that good stuff. Uh, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr. Uh, we're not on Telegram, but maybe we should be. I don't know. Uh, also, tomorrow, another interview will drop on YouTube. We did it earlier today at 12 o'clock. Uh, but it'll be available tomorrow for you on this channel, the YouTube channel, uh, I believe at 12 o'clock uh, tomorrow afternoon. Uh, or you could also listen in demand when it pops up on Spotify or any of the other uh, podcast listening services. We have been the Alliance guys. You guys have been awesome. We will see you next week to talk more wrestling. Until next time, we'll see you at the matches. Thanks for joining the stream. This has been a presentation of alliance-wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you'll never miss a future episode? I'd also like to remind you we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. before NWA Power. You can find us on social media at the Alliance blog. And until next time, we are the Alliance.